Hey guys, brand new podcast. Uh, I am on tour. I'm on the tour bus and it is so insanely different to see uh, what the world is like. We are being socially distant. It is crazy. It's not like a regular tour. We are zero contact in all facilities. So we go in through a back entrance, go into the club, get on stage, get off stage, get back in the bus and we leave that night. And it's, you know me, I am not a zero contact motherfucker. I am a 100% contact guy. And so we've, we're doing drive-in movie theaters across the country. There are still, they've opened up spaces in, I think in Fort Collins and in Indianapolis. So if you want tickets, go to burtburtburt.com. We've got new merch at burtburtburt.com. So, um, so yeah, I've been on the bus, putting stuff on uh, Instagram and that's about it. So we taught Jesus Trejo how to swim yesterday. Ah, we went tubing down the Rio Grande. We did a push-up contest. We did a we did a plank contest on the bus. We did a running contest, which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my. We did a sprint contest. These are all be coming out on my social media. It's me, Dave Williamson, Shane Torres, Jesus Trejo, and uh, and yeah, it's great to be back on the road. I hope that this virus starts to dissipate. I hope that a cure comes out. I hope that a vaccine comes out because I'm ready to go back to regular. This is fun. This is great. But it's weird doing rooms at half capacity and and being concerned when you see a person that isn't wearing a mask. Most, mostly everyone's wearing masks, mostly, but, you know, they're grownups and they're, and they're socially distanced. The clubs are at half capacity, but it's crazy. It's really, really crazy trying to be as responsible as possible. But, yeah, tonight we are in, Mo- no, we are in Montgomery, Alabama at the Stardome. And then tomorrow is our first drive-in movie theater in Charlotte, North Carolina. We've added tickets in, I think we've added them in, in all drive-in movie theaters as states have opened up regulations. Because we're so socially distant in the drive-in, they've added seats in just about all of them, but definitely in Indianapolis and in uh, Den- in Fort Collins. I've got to stop talking. I'm losing my fucking voice. So let's get with, ooh, today's podcast is brought to you by Tej Hanley. Look, I know I'm not being known for being a pretty boy or even clean for that matter. I'm into pool showers. But what I've been really into lately is my new skincare routine from Tej Hanley. Just because I'm not Tom Segura and I don't brush my teeth twice a day, that doesn't mean I don't take care of myself. Honestly, I've never considered using skincare before this. I'm not a big skincare guy, but when I stopped drinking over quarantine, I started using their products and Segura started noticing that my skin looked better and it, it's made it so simple that if, if I can do it, you can do it. I was sent their products at the start of quarantine. I like them so much. I'm taking them with, on, with me on the tour bus. Here's the deal. They've got free U.S. shipping, no coupon code required. They ship to most other countries, too. They sell directly to you by cutting out the middleman. That's how they can provide such a high-quality product for such an affordable price. Because Tish Hanley is sponsoring the podcast, they are offering my listeners a free toiletry dot bag that I have and I am taking with me on the road and I have everything including my Tej Hanley products with their first box. Just go to tejhanley.com slash Burtcast to get started for just $25. That's Tej, T-I-E-G-E dot com slash Burtcast. I want to thank all my sponsors. I want to thank you guys for allowing me to have sponsors that can pay for this podcast and the new podcast studio that we are building that we will start using the second we get back to LA. I can't fucking wait. I'm going to sip some tea. 
and hope this fixes his throat. Do you have that uh, vocal spray? No, I fucking left it in L.A. Um, all right. Today's podcast is with John Reap. John is in North Carolina. I should hit him up while I'm out here. I love John Reap. I love John Reap. He is a fun dude. He has a crazy Russian story, too, and he is looking for his long-lost pen pal. We are going to try to find her. What is her name, Halston? Natalie McKeeva. Natalie McKeeva. If we can find her, we want to get her and John back together so they can keep corresponding, catch up, see what they've been up for the last for the last 25 years. Um, this is a great podcast. It's a great podcast. It's just comedy, guys. It's just fun. Okay? No social issues today on the podcast. Just fucking two comics dicking around, making jokes, making each other laugh, and having a great conversation. Stay safe out there, motherfuckers. I love you with all my heart. You know that. Ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, new Two Bears, One Cave just dropped yesterday. New Bill Burt drops today. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast is John Reap. This is I am in Hickory, North Carolina at my mom's house. Oh, nice. And you are in your, uh, your garage there in your backyard, right? Yeah, still here, still here. Wait, I, were you sequestered down there? No, I, I moved back here about almost two years ago. Really? Yeah, my dad had a stroke, and he's. Oh, his, I knew that. I knew that. I I talked to you about that. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. He so he's still alive. He's at a skilled nursing facility, and so I, I came back here to kind of look after him. And then then my mom had eye surgery, so I've been taking her back and forth to the doctor. Um, I'm I'm like a skilled nurse. I'm a, I'm a nurse now. God damn, sweet. <laughs> so how bad was your dad's stroke? Was pretty bad, huh? He's paralyzed on his left side. And uh, suffered some massive brain damage, and uh, yeah, he can't. He his brain is with it half the time. You know, he's like he he'll hallucinate. He gets urinary tract infections a lot. Um, really, because he has to put a catheter in, and so it's you know it's not good. But <clears throat> he's uh, he's at the point where he just looks forward to you know us bringing him a milkshake every now and then and just watching television and taking some good drugs. Was that, was that, was, can could like I, every time I hear about a stroke, I go, could have been avoided. Like, was he on blood pressure medicine or anything? Oh yeah. 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 Um, he, uh, he had just had, it could have been avoided totally. Although it, there is a history of it in his family, the history he, of it in my family. That's why I get worried. Cause I go, I'm like, I've been on blood pressure medicine now for probably seven years. Yeah. And and I'm, I like, my goal is to get off it, but it's so fucking hard to lose weight. It is. And I, I, I was worried about it too. There's a life screening sort of test that you can do that looks at your arteries. He, he had a clotted artery right here um, that, that, you know, caused his uh, lack of oxygen to his brain, which caused a stroke. But I think it's because he just had, he had kidney stones and he had a procedure done where they, they use sound waves to bust out the kidney stones. And I think that jostled like a blood clot possibly that, got lodged wow. here so yeah i'm yeah. doing i'm doing that I, it's called a it's called something a calcium t scan or something yeah. i'm doing that i'm doing that in uh september i didn't want to go in now I was, I, was, I was supposed to do it now but i didn't want to go in now because i didn't want i don't want to um get around the fucking covid 
How's the COVID in Hickory? We're good, man. I mean, what, Alan, how many cases so far do you think we've had? Maybe a hundred cases uh, in the, uh, the whole city. Uh, no, that not, 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 it's not really too bad here. It's okay. I don't know anybody. There are people walking around with masks. I've got a mask. Um, people are, um, you know, a lot of people are not working, but it seems to be okay here. You know, not as bad as LA or New York. Definitely. Dude, it sucks out here. You are, you are in Hick, you're a Hickory at the right fucking time. I know. I've been thinking my lucky stars, dude. I left at the perfect time. It's insane. I, I, you know, I got friends that are still out there and they tell me it's a fucking ghost town. Dude, it sucks. It, it really does. You know, we're all talking about moving. Like we've been having conversations internally with friends just talking about like, I mean, I, initially I was talking with someone. I was like, hey, what if we just like move to Omaha for a couple months or like move for really? like six months? Yeah. And just because they're going to open up Omaha or Des Moines or those clubs will be open way before our clubs. And like, what the fuck mm-hmm. am I doing out here other than just not right. doing stand up? I, you, you know? yeah, I, I was thinking that, that about that for you. I mean, you don't. I mean, do you audition a lot as an actor for stuff, or do you even care Never. about that world anymore? I don't really give a fuck. Um, <laughs> well, I, I'm not. I don't think you need to. You're doing uh, awesome. The way it is. brother, you deserve it. <laughs> Rogan just sold his fucking. I mean, is he just, dude, Rogan just, he wants uh, to Rogan. move. I know. No. Oh yeah. He's definitely. Yeah. He, when I told him I was coming back to Hickory, he, he got kind of jealous. He wanted me to take pictures of the lake house and stuff and send it to him. And I'm like, you know, it's like, Oh, that's what I want to do so bad. He just sold his podcast to Spotify. Oh, fuck. What do you mean? Sold it. Yep. So, so what does that mean? That he, I mean, he de- he's still going to do it. He's still going to do it. He just sold his catalog mm-hmm. and all the upcoming episodes. Sold the like licensed it really to um I think he licensed. I don't I, I didn't read the whole deal, but I'm sure he licensed it. Um, I mean, it's, wow. just, I, it's just mind blowing, mind blowing, mind blowing, mind blowing, mind blowing. Good for him and like, I mean. <laughs> I, I just, John, I can't, you know, I can't wrap my head. I'm like, I'm having a hard time focusing because I'm thinking we got in this business just to tell jokes. Right. And then you watch yeah. guys like Chappelle or Rogan, or even just like, like we've seen it happen with like our friends in just smaller levels, but then you do something like this, like Rogan does something like this. And this is a game changer. I mean, this is like, it gives you incentive to, to work harder on your podcast and focus on your podcast. A hundred percent. Not only that, but during this whole pandemic, I've been busting ass on my podcast and I couldn't be like, it's really forced me to up my social media game and concentrate as much as I can on the podcast I have now. And I'm loving it. Almost am not, I'm kind of dreading when it opens back up because I don't know if I'm okay with this just keeps going. I got lucky, but I sold my house. I'm sitting on money. I haven't bought a house yet. I yeah. don't need a whole lot. I have no bills. It's not that you're lucky. You know what it is? I, like, I, cause I, oh, okay. First off, hold on. God damn it. Bert, bite your tongue. Oh, I believe in <laughs> luck. I believe in luck wholeheartedly. Cause I believe I'm lucky. And, and, and when this pandemic started, I thought to myself, God damn it. I'm so lucky that I got a little money and I don't have like a massive house that I have to worry about. And I don't have to worry about carrying a ridiculous mortgage. And then I was, and then one day I was like, I'm not lucky. I just don't give a fuck 
a ton about what other people think of me, like right. as far as wealth goes. Like, I don't care if I don't have like the hottest car. Like, I'm not a huge car guy to begin with. Yeah. But like, yeah. all I want is a is an SUV, really, like just so that I can throw shit in it and and not worry about bumping right. it up. And then, and then, and as far as house goes, all I really need is a pool. Like, I really wanted a pool. Like, so like, <laughs> right. when you say lucky, like. Like you, you did get in and out of LA at the right fucking time. Yeah. That part I'm lucky about. Um, and, I mean, my parents have a pool in the backyard too. I'm like you, I don't need a whole lot. I've got an SUV. It's old, but it's nice. I've yeah. got the pool in the back and I don't, I don't want or need anything else. Um, I have no bills and I'm having fun just hanging out with my friends on a Tuesday, we do these every Tuesday. We record them and we put them out and we just get together. It's like this, except it's my buddies that I grew up with and we have the best time. And if I can just keep doing that and turn that into like a real, you know, where I get to sell it to Spotify like Rogan, uh, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's oh, oh I, I made this analogy the other day too. I think you'll like this. So my career, right? I moved to Los Angeles around 2000. Around, and then maybe nine months later, 9-11 happens and I'm like fuck it's over there's no more comedy uh, I came here at the wrong time and then slowly over time my career started doing well started taking off and I am where I am now okay now I move back home fucking pandemic happens I'm like there's gonna be no comedy except my career now is working on this podcast so I'm thinking oh if it's anything like it was with my stand-up maybe this is a new beginning for my podcast but those those two are so married, um, career and and podcast. Meaning like stand up and podcast. Because I I really think that the majority of my the majority of me being able to sell a ticket is so directly linked to my podcast. And I and I think my podcast is linked to my social media. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. And, and, I, and I started yeah. I started caring. I remember the day I started caring more about my podcast. Like I remember I just didn't have anything. Like I just, mm -hmm. I didn't, I got fired from travel channel. They were doing, destroying my house or like uh, tearing down my house to rebuild it. And I got fired off this funnier die tour and I had no tour dates. And I thought, so this is it. It's just me and you. Like I got this yeah. podcast and that's it. Yeah. That was around the time when I think you came on my podcast and we, we got fucking hammered. Like I started caring about it. Like where I go, like, Let's let's have the most fun I can have on a fucking podcast. Yeah, but that like as opposed to, I really think when I first started my podcast, it was something to have, and I didn't know what I, if I wasn't good at it, so I just fucking bumble around. Not that I don't bumble around still, but at least I know I can get in and out of it. Like it's like fucking around on stage. Remember when you'd fuck around on stage when you were young and you'd get lost and you'd be like, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and now you can fuck around. It's on so stage scary. Go, yeah, I go. I can get out of this. I can punch out. Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. I remember the first time I tried that. It's 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 a, so scary when you go off script and you don't know what road you're going down or where it's going to go. And it's 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 scary. But when it works out, you think, oh, my God, I am a God. I can now I can do that uh, and yeah. the material. Um, but but yeah, I remember that when we did your podcast there, I think it was a four, maybe a five hour long podcast. We, we polished off two fifths of Tito's. And I tell people, I, people come up to me today still after shows. Uh, well, when we were doing shows uh, and they would say like, I heard you on Bert. It was fantastic. And I went back and tried to listen to it. I was so embarrassed just by how drunk I, I mean, I don't remember how it ended. 
No, those are the best fucking podcasts. In my opinion, I'm, I'm excited for this quarantine to end. We're building a new podcast studio. We just poured the foundation today. And so we're building a oh, new yeah? podcast studio. Yeah, I'm so fucking excited. You have no idea. Is I'm it so fucking for, for, excited. just for you or is it all things comedy or is it in no, your, just me. It, where is just it? Me. Oh, nice. Just me. My, uh, the, oh, my, well, we're building my wife a podcast studio too, but, um, but it's just for my podcast. And, uh, and I, I just wanted to, I, and it's perfect timing that, you know, that we're building all this so we can move all the equipment out of here. Cause we're just yeah. doing zoom oh, moving right. into the new place. I can't fucking wait, but I want to have, um, I, 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 this, you know, it's amazing to Rogan, such an inspiring fucking dude. Mm-hmm. Like just to even, this is going to sound super, uh, look uppy type thing, but like, but like, and, and not, and both of us are accomplished fucking talented fucking comedians with our own careers and, and have both done both of us have done so i don't mean to take away from us because we have both done some real shit but i mean you've got to feel this too to have a guy like that in your friend zone where you could like bump into him and pick his brain yeah fucking amazing it really is um i remember you know when i first came back well i told i told rogan at the improv one night i'm I'm thinking about bouncing out of la i'm gonna leave and his eyes got big. He goes, where are you going? His favorite thing to talk about is yeah. either that or fucking Elks. Like leaving LA <laughs> is one of his top fucking five things yeah. to talk about. And he goes, all right, well, when that happens, let me know. I want to see your property, how it's going. Um, and then I, I came home and I text him. I said, hey, I'd love to, you know, I got this new album out. I'd like to come on and talk about it. And I knew it was going to be a, a shot in the dark. Although I, I, he does respond to us comedians, you know, like, yeah. I also had a publicist and she goes, Oh, I'm going to try and get you on all these podcasts. I'm like, okay, good. You go, go do your job. And then she goes, but here's the thing. Rogan doesn't talk to publicists. I don't think I'm going to be able to get you on Rogan. I go, well, let me try. And I yeah. went, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. And he goes, of course. <laughs> of course. That's yeah. the other thing is that like, I guess maybe we're just lucky. So I'm sure there's people with books and stuff that would love to get on his podcast to promote their thing. But like we're lucky in the fact that we can text him when we have something bullshit coming out and going like and where publicists can't and be like, hey, man, I got a special. I'd love to promote it. And and what's crazy is that he just replies every time. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I was I was very happy. He did. I knew he would. But then you get like addicted to it. You're like, ooh, should I do it again in six months? When's the appropriate time? I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> Definitely don't, man. And I've seen that guy in green rooms. I've seen that guy in green rooms, and I can tell you that guy's name. I've seen it. <laughs> it's so fucking awkward when you're like, bro, just yeah. shut. Listen, man, you can't. Oh, God. Like, almost like you almost think that type of guy is the guy who probably sexually assaults. Like, <laughs> He just doesn't know. Can't right, he don't know. People. Like, just like, what, man? She kept saying no, but she wanted it. She wanted it. No, when people yeah. say no, they mean fucking no. He's a guy that he he's very aggressive with his handshake. Or he, he pulls you in for the man hug too long. And you're like, I don't know you for the man hug, man. That's, oh, that's so great. Yeah, oh, I know. I know. Great. I know those guys. And I, I you know, I, as, and as happy as, as uh, look up as I am to uh, Rogan. 
I, I resist every urge to be that guy sometimes because I do want them to know how much I appreciate them, but I don't want to be that guy either. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, uh, it's, you always want, I'm always, there's a, like, there's a small group. I put, I, small, I, I, I put you in that a, category too, man. You know, you're, 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 you're on the, the Rogan. <laughs> well, even you, I'm like, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to bug Bert too much either. Oh, you know what I mean? Dude, you're I, yeah, I would I have you on my podcast stuff. any fucking time. You are one of my favorite dudes alive. Like there's a, you know, there's a handful of guys that I feel like are really the same as me. And and I put like, I put like Porter in that group, like, uh, like, right. like Brad Williams, Tom Segura, Russell Peters, guys that like, they're just, they're very fucking genuine. Like there's always genuine when you talk to them. Yeah. There's no character going on. There's no like. There are people that when they when you see them, they get excited to see you. They know who you are. There's a lot of them. Man, people, there's so much about comics that people that are fans of comedy that just don't know the phonies, the pho- like the yeah. phony people who who will try to leverage energy or or mm-hmm. the fucking alt comics. I say alt, that's a bad phrase, but it's true. Right. The alt comics who wouldn't talk to you backstage and were standoffish or would act autistic a lot of times where you'd be like, Hey man, how you doing? They'd be like, um, uh, uh, <laughs> I, um, oh. dude, that is such a great analogy. They do. They turn into Rain Man. It's like it's like, and you're just like, hey man, great set. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right, yeah. And you're like, hey man, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you're really like that in life. Because if you are, then I don't know how you fucking function. Like I don't right. know how you get coffee in the morning. I'm not certain how that negotiation goes down. You know. Right. Fucking and it was it was so frustrating. By the way, it's it's so globally frustrating because then you see like guys like and here's the other thing is like me, you, I'm gonna keep I keep putting Porter on this list because I just think yeah. he's so talented that he's a good example of guys like right. us and I can say his name and people, you know, but like Porter, uh fucking guys that aren't gonna make top ten list of mm-hmm. uh specials you gotta watch uh comics on the rise oh, comics you can't miss uh th- this guy broke the internet we're not those guys we're just great comics mm-hmm. good guys who are always going to make you feel good when we see you backstage make our audiences feel good mm-hmm. and and you can have a beer with us you can fucking bullshit yeah. with us you can tell us something inappropriate we're not going to fucking call you out we're just going to be like oh that was fucked up you know like yeah, just regular just- fucking people Right. And the fact that we're also uh, comedians, you know, uh, it's it's a it's a weird frat. There's not many of us like that, I don't think. <clears throat> but um, I got to tell you a quick uh, Porter story. Uh, I feel and I, and I feel really bad about this because I love him so much. Yeah. Um, is that the comedy store one night? I mean, this was like less than a year ago. It was before the pandemic. I mean, I'd already moved away. I was just back visiting, doing spots and recording podcasts or whatever. <laughs> And I, you know, look, I was messed up. I was drunk and I had smoked a little bit. And look, man, I love the guy. And I just had a conversation about uh, Josh Blue with somebody else. Okay. Yeah. Then Porter walks up and he just walks right right, right, right up to us. And I go, oh, hey, Josh. (laughs) And I know his name is Chris. Right. But because of Josh Blue. And Chris you just, Porter, yeah. both on Last Comic Standing, and we were just talking about Last Comic Standing, 
And both of those guys were there. That was just in a conversation. I just called him Josh by accident, right? Yeah. And then as soon as I said that, the other guy next to me goes, did you just call him Josh? And I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, Chris, yeah. yeah. But I could tell it hurt. It hurt him like for maybe like three seconds. So it, 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 the look on his face was like, what the fuck, man? You know, and I felt really, really bad. So if he listens to this, I want him to know that I never got to tell him why it happened because I felt so embarrassed and I was drunk and I just sort of stumbled away. But I want him to know it was a total accident and I love the guy. You know what I do a lot? I introduce myself to people that I already know. <laughs> I, 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 I introduce my, see, I'm so afraid. <clears throat> I, it was, I spent so many years, um, not just in this bit, in this business, I say. I spent so many years in this business with no one knowing who I was. So I always was like, hey, man, I, I never wanted anyone. I never wanted to be the guy that sat there and was like, they all know me. And then be like, all right, guys, catch you later. And they're like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, yeah. so I always, I always would overintroduce myself. Hey, man, Bert Kreischer. And they go, yeah, I know, Bert. And I'd be like, I'm just saying, I, I just didn't want it to be, you know, I wanted to be able, you to be able to say my name. And then well, I think that's. That's a humble oh, yeah. thing. That's I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's you being humble. Like, why would you assume, you know, it's it's everyone would know you. And it means you, it, if you assume everyone knows you, that might be a narcissistic trait. But I think it's yeah. more humble if you if you do that. But I know what you're saying. I kind of do it sometimes, too. But I think I cut you off. We're, no, 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 no. And I think it might be because we're from the South. And so there's a little bit of like there's a little bit of that ingrained. There's, you know, as crazy as it sounds, but there's like certain civilities that if you grew up in the South, you were just raised with. And, and, and it was, I don't know, maybe I was always taught, like, just be like, I don't know, like introduce yourself. Don't assume yeah. that everyone knows you. I it's like a, doing it in situations where, especially after uh, a comedy show and people come up to me, but, but it's like maybe like 40 minutes later and I'm just hanging at the bar and maybe they didn't see, see the show. And maybe they did. I like doing it, um, especially if I kind of think they might know me because they go, I know, I know who you are, man. Yeah. You feel good. <laughs> I saw, I saw, let me rephrase this. Let's live in your honesty, Bert. I didn't see this at all. I didn't, I was about to say, I saw this as the way, same way we do in comedy when we go. So the other day I was white and you're like, that wasn't the other day. And that didn't even really happen that the way I'm about to explain it. Uh, I heard a great right, story right, about right. Brad Pitt from this girl that I was fighting with or whatever, she was running the door at a ICM event and Brad Pitt walked up and he said, Hey, uh, I should be under there for two. And she goes, what's your name? And he said, she said that humbly he looked, looked at her and he went, um, Brad Pitt. And she went, and he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. And like, wasn't like being a dick was just like, <laughs> yeah, I just assume you didn't know my name. So well, see, that's cool, but then I don't like her response. I'm fucking with you, because then it's like, oh, you got Yeah, I'm me? fucking with you. Quit uh, fucking with me. I don't like prank videos either, by the way. Now? This podcast is brought to you by Theragun. I fucking love this sponsor. I've been running nonstop over quarantine, 450 miles. I have sciatic problems, and, and that sciatic problem runs up my back. And I have been trying to use <clears throat> this roller thing that vibrates, but it Makes so much freaking noise that I get stressed out using it. Holy crap. This Theragun is insane. It's a handheld progressive therapy device that 
releases your deepest muscle tension using scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power, and it is as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Theragun 4, Generation 4, which is the one I have, has a propriety brushless motor that's so quiet you'll wonder if it's on while it soothes your muscles and your wife bangs it out on top of your back. Oh my God, we call it zhuzhing. I give her the Theragun and I go, baby, I need you to zhuzh my ass. I get, I get my, my butt cheek, my hip, my quad, my quad, no, not my quad. If she does the side of my leg, dude, it is almost like the, it's such a release of tension and is so effective. Here's the deal. I want you to try this Theragun. If you're working out, you need this. If you have any sciatic problems, if you have any neck problems, any back problems, this is what you need. Try the Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There is no substitute for the Theragun Generation 4 with the OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and quiet and the power you need. Start at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash birdcast right now to get your Theragun Generation 4 today. That's theragun.com slash birdcast. T-H-E-R-A-G-U-N dot com slash birdcast. I would like to thank our sponsor, Whoop. Whoop is a fitness wearable that provides personalized insights on the performance of your sleep, how your body is recovering, and how much stress you can put on your body throughout the day, from your workouts to the normal stressors in your life. It is the best fitness tracker I've ever used. I go everywhere with it. I never take it off. I love that you can charge it, but you charge the thing, then you pull the thing off the charger, hook it on so it never leaves your wrist. And right now, with all the stuff going on, in the world, it couldn't be more important to monitor the stress being put on our bodies and how we are recovering on a day-to-day basis as our routines are changing. What's great with Whoop is that every day when you get up, you get a recovery score based on your HRV, resting heart rate, and sleep performance that can be used as an indicator on how to approach your day. It's next level. It really is. Whoop even has a strain coach. What I love is I get on the treadmill, I hit the strain coach, and the strain coach tells you, based on your recovery, how hard you can push it that day. And some days when you've gotten good recovery, you're like, Jesus, am I even going to get there? But you do. It gives you target exertion goals so you work out optimally for the intensity your body is signaling that it can handle. If you're stuck at home training like I am, this is a perfect, perfect app. And based on how strenuous your day is, the app also has a built-in sleep coach, which actually lets you know how much sleep you should be getting so you can wake up and recover based on your performance goals, which you can set. For my listeners, right now, Whoop is offering 15% off with the code BERT at checkout. Go to whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter BERT at the checkout and save 15% off. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, optimize your performance with Whoop. Anyways, I always introduce myself to people and I, and now I do it. I don't even make eye contact. I did it to Michael Costa. I walked up to him and I was like, Hey man, Burke Kreischer. And he goes, are you being fucking serious? I'm, like, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, man. I wasn't even looking. I just assumed you didn't, but it was like, it, and you know, it's so funny. It's a humble thing, but now it looks like I'm big time in people. Right. Yeah. If not, you don't, if you, right. I, but I could see why someone might think that if you didn't make the eye contact, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that happens, man. Uh, I, in this town, in Hickory, um, everyone's got to fucking know you in Hickory. A lot of people do a lot of people and they all think that I know them. And it just happened the other day. I'm standing in line somewhere and a lady just taps my shoulder. She's like, Hey, and I was just said, 
Hey. <laughs> and she goes, Carol, um, remember so-and-so? And, you know, it, I could have chose to lie and just went on with it. But then I, sometimes I'm thinking, well, if I lie and pretend to know, what if she keeps going and I'm still standing there I, and, and she asks follow-up questions about what the lie I just agreed to, you know, Dude. then I'm trapped in this rabbit hole. So I've, I mean, uh, recently I've just been being honest and go like, um, oh, sorry, I, I, I drink a lot. It doesn't, I, it doesn't ring a bell. Remind, you know, so, I but I've done it before. I always say I drink a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's and I before. just assume, I just assume, hold on. I'm, I'm, I haven't written comedy. Hang on. In forever i've been having a hard time writing jokes so as soon as someone tells a story where i go i have a story about that i go write it down so i don't forget it but <laughs> i always say to people oh. I drink a lot and it, that, oh. that's the write-off wait how did it end with karen well she she goes um she said something about her ex-husband okay who is now deceased um and i went when i heard that i just went oh like that and she goes, but I'm here with uh, my new my new guy or whatever. And and then, and he turned around and he had a big Mopar shirt, you know, like Dodge stuff. Yeah. And they were there like cruising. They had been like doing this car thing and they, they love cars. And, and she goes, Hemi guy, honey, you Hemi guy. And then I thought, oh, this guy's really, it's going to get worse now, right? <laughs> he turned over and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, even worse because I thought, you know, on one level, Okay, this is you know a little annoying interaction. I don't want to be in this. I don't want to lie to her. I don't want to hurt her feelings. I just want to get my thing and get out of here. But now I've engaged too long, and then I see this other guy come in with a Mopar shirt. It's going to get worse, and then it got worse the other way. In that he didn't care. There's nothing worse <laughs> than someone going, "Should I know who you are?" And you're oh. like, "Oh, good, no, I didn't start this." <laughs> hey, has this ever happened to you, Bert? I'm sure it has. Where you're you're out somewhere someone um you know uh is a big fan of yours and they have a friend in the same area they go oh my god you have to meet my friend they love you come with me and then you walk with them they introduce you and the person goes oh who <laughs> i'm like you made me walk across the bar yeah and i did this for you to say hello to your table and they don't yeah. know who i am this is horrible at where they go, oh, that's not me. You're thinking of Bill. Bill's like, I know. <laughs> and then you're like, well, tell Bill I said hi. Yeah. I'm going to go back to my beer. The I, I have a hard time calling people. So, like, if people misrecognize me or missay my name. And this, by the way, this is my whole life. This has been my whole life. Oh, God. I always just let it go. And I, I don't like correcting people. For whatever reason, I don't really like confrontation. So, there was this girl in college so there was two births in college and I'm, I'm very, I won't say the other birth's name because I don't want to throw them under the bus. Uh -huh. There were two births in college. One was in a one fraternity and one was, in, and one was me. <laughs> one was, I knew one of them very well. And then one of them was friends with all my other friends in the other fraternity. I knew that guy pretty well all uh -huh. the time. As a matter of fact, we were the only two births at Florida state. I think there might've well, been just other. Said his name. <laughs> yeah. And so it was the other Bert. So, there was a girl who used to have a class at the same time I had a class outside the Williams building at Florida State. We'd always see each other walking in and always see each other walking out. And she always saw me. She's like, hey, Bert. And she was really cute. And I was like, hey. And she was like, uh, how's Obi? Obi was one of my really close friends all growing up who happened to be in the same fraternity as the other Bert, right? Uh -huh. 
same journey as the other Bert. And so Obi, like, that's a cool ass name. Yeah. She's like, how's Obi? And I was like, oh, great. I also lived with Obi, oddly enough, at the time. I was like, yeah, great. And she's like, yeah, he, he really cracks me up. I'm like, yeah, he does. And she's like, yeah, you guys are really close. I said, ah, oh, yeah, I've known him my whole life. And so I saw her all the time, all the time, all the time I saw her. <laughs> and then one day she introduced me to a group of friends and she said, this is Bert. Uh, new other guy's last name. Right. This is that Bert. He's fraternity brothers with Obi and PJ and Chandler and all them. Oh. And I went, and I went, oh, she thinks I'm the other Bert. And I didn't correct her. I never corrected her. And, okay. I, and, and she's, and so, and so I would see her and now it was getting like, and I just not, not only did I not correct her, I would start lying. And so it looked like <laughs> I was pretending to be this guy. Like I would, it got so bad that at one point, she said, do you know the ATO oh, no. Bert? And I was the ATO Bert. And I go, yeah, I do. And she goes, he's a fucking asshole. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, no. So, really? so I go. So one night I'm drinking. But wait, she's probably thinking of the guy, but got the names mixed up. Got the names mixed up. She thinks the other guy is me. Right. And I am the good Bert. But oh. she doesn't know. Have you, Did so, you ever clear your name? So I run up to the other Bert. <laughs> one night at a bar we're, we're drinking we were we were really good friends like i mean we, i knew the guy and it dawns on me i see the girl and he kind of ducks away from her and i go you know that bert thinks that i'm you and you're me and he goes yeah i know and i go did you have you corrected her and he goes oh hell no i said why not and he goes <laughs> he goes because i fucked her and uh and i didn't want her to tell everyone i had a girlfriend so i just said i was you and i was like <laughs> Like, Dude, like, like, yeah, man. He was like, yeah, I, I, you know, I had a girlfriend and she asked me who I was and she, she kind of mixed it up at the beginning, I guess, because she has a class with you. And I was like, no. And he was like, yeah, so I just let it ride. And I just, <laughs> I just always said I was you. And I was like, son of a bitch. Wow. Dude, that, that group of guys were so funny. There was a guy, this guy's name's. I, I mean, uh, good thing you didn't get her pregnant or something. Oh. What if you had a little love child run around? <laughs> I, had, I have two more stories like that that, that, that I just that are kind of connected. One was that this guy, uh, one time, uh, comes up to me. We're at a, we're at um, we're at like uh, I want to say maybe South Carolina. The Gamecocks. We're playing them at Florida yeah. State, but it's an away game. And we're at a local bar, and I was wearing a Derek. I was wearing a work done jersey. He was wearing a charlie ward jersey and he comes up and he goes hey man you want we're at the bar and he goes you want to switch jerseys by the way halston you're gonna have to bleep this guy's name okay just giving (laughs) you a heads up he goes you want to switch jerseys and i was like what he goes i don't know i'm tired of being uh charlie ward i want to be work done for a little bit and i was like i don't give a fuck so we're drunk i switched jerseys with him and i'm like hey guys now i'm charlie ward and he walks away and five seconds later a group of guys go there he is, the guy in the Charlie Wars jersey. Let's get him. And they so come that up. guy did some shady shit. He started a fucking fight and and like spit on some chick. And then and then <laughs> these guys are gonna kick his ass and he just switched jerseys with me. So these guys are in my face. They're about to kick my ass. And I see him come up behind and just sucker punch one of the guys. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, last story like this. Last story like this. I swear awesome, to God. Dude. This is fucking state school for you. Last story, I get a call from this guy. I, I, don't, I won't say his name. Let's just say his name, Derek. <laughs> okay. And he's like, 
I'm in New York. I'm just started doing stand up, and and I get a phone call on on our phone, our landline, and it's from like uh, like a used furniture store that I knew this guy worked at. Like I was like in, from Tallahassee. I'm like that's so odd. Who expects to get a used a phone call from a you like in yeah. Tallahassee? I'm I'm in New York doing stand up. I answer it, and he goes, "Hey Bert, what's <laughs> up?" And he's like, "Nothing. What you doing?" I said, "Nothing." He goes, "Hey man." You know, uh, you know that chick, uh, let's just say Kendra, the girl, the pie-fi? I was like, kind of. And he goes, let me refresh your memory. Blonde hair, big tits. She was a homecoming chairman like two years ago. And I go, yeah. <laughs> he goes, well, last night we, we were Yanni's, and we went out back in the middle of the night, came out to my Jeep, and we fucked like crazy in my Jeep. And I was like, cool. He's like, oh, man, it was crazy. I was like, that's awesome, man. I go, why are you telling me? And he goes, well, you know, uh, you know, my girlfriend, Katie. I said, yeah. And he goes, well, I'm still with her. I said, okay. And he goes, and that happened last night. And I had to tell somebody and I figured you're in New York. You ain't going to tell nobody. So fuck it. (laughs) How long ago was that? Was that recent? 20 fucking years ago. And I tell everyone that story. That's great. Well, you know what? You didn't say his name, so you're still. I did his uh, voice though, and if oh. anyone knows that guy, they know that voice. Well, I know exactly who it is. You—that's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> hey, Bert. <laughs> hey, you know what? I have a similar story, not not as good as that, about yeah. mistaken identities, right? Yeah. Again, at the comedy store, hanging out. You know, Shama Tosh. Yeah. No, not Shama. Oh, it's not Shama. Oh God, what's her name? Another female comedian, a little older than Shema, from somewhere in New York and New Jersey. Oh, God. It's killing me, but let's just say it's Shema Tosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, I hadn't seen her in a long time. She hadn't seen me, and we're just catching up. We talk for 10 minutes, and it's good times. Then her friends walk up. And she goes, oh, my God, you guys have to, I have to introduce you to the very funny comedian. He's right. She says, come here, John. She goes, guys, this is John Huck. Now, you know John Huck? Yes, and I can see how this switch up's done. This is yes. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so in that moment, I go, ooh, it's too, it might be too embarrassing for her to correct her in front of her friends after we just talked for 10 minutes. So I went. I didn't say anything, but then it kept going and it just, you know, John Huck, John Huck, John Huck. And I never corrected her. And I guess to this day, she still thinks that I am John Huck and he's great. I'm not, I'm okay with it. He's a funny dude, but we look very similar. You know, it's, you know, what we used to do in college just as a fun, like just to make ourselves laugh was say someone's name, just a letter off. Like just, you'd, especially if you hadn't seen someone in a while. You'd see him walking up. He'd be like, hey, Shelby. And he and everyone's like, isn't the name Shelly? And you're like, yeah, just say Shelby. See if he corrects us. <laughs> Shelby. That's funny. I miss, I miss, I miss. It's crazy. I, I, I love, I love my life. Like, I love the fact that I'm a comedian and everything I can, all my whole day is just spent about being goofy. That's right. it. There's no, I'm not a business-minded guy at all. I just think of ways to make myself laugh. Like yesterday I, I had to go to Rite Aid. So I had to put the mask on and everything. Yep. I was in Rite Aid and I'm waiting for a prescription to get filled. And, and I was like, Oh, we've been, we love Oreos, double stuffed Oreos in our house. We love them. Like that's like our favorite, that's like the best thing in the world. 
And so I go, I'm going to, I'm going to get some double stuffed Oreos. So I get double stuffed Oreos and I bring them out and I put them out on the table and the girls don't wake up. They just don't wake up until like one o'clock. And so Mm -hmm. I've had these out since nine in the morning and no one came to see them. And so my big reveal is kind of let, I'm like the winds let out of it. So I take them. I put, by the way, I put this on Instagram. I take them, I shove them in my uh, cabinet next to my recliner. And I say on Instagram tonight, when we're watching a movie, I'm going to reach in. I'm going to pull an Oreo out. I'm going to eat an Oreo. I can't wait to see my daughters go, who the fuck has Oreos? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, I'm a grown adult. I'm a grown adult. And all I did all day was wait for that moment <laughs> to pull out Oreos in front of my daughters and then ju- and then and make myself giggle. And I, yeah. I, I, I so I won't, I don't want to get, I would never trade the life we have now, this fun life for then. But there is something cool about before you were a comic and you were just really fucking funny, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, doing it for no reason other than to, to make your friends laugh and not for like, well, this is a bit, let me go work on it now. You yeah. Know? Like it was almost like, did you feel like when you started, there was like a, do you remember the first time you saw that people were doing the same jokes the next night and you were like, <gasps> Oh my God. Uh, two things happened in that moment. One, I felt betrayed and I felt, yes. Uh, angry, but then I started thinking, Ooh, so that makes this job a lot easier then. Dude. I remember thinking that too. And I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing Mitch Fattel on stage and he got off stage and I was, and I thought, by the way, I apologize if this bothers Mitch, but Mitch Fattel, if no one's seen him, his act is very like slow and like, like almost methodical, but it could be confused for a, special needs kid (laughs) yeah no he that was his thing for a minute i think yeah and i remember seeing him i was at Dimitri martin i saw him on stage and it was like my it was about probably my third time going to a comedy club and i walked up to him and i was like you are very good at comedy and he was like (laughs) thanks and i was like what the fuck like like i remember seeing i remember seeing uh tony woods and and he did the the same joke he opened both these shows with the same joke, but it was a, it was a joke of like, it was a bailout joke. Like he went on and kind of fucked around on stage and, and then said a joke. Like, uh, he was like, I think his premise was like, what you don't, you get to work and start working right away. You don't go in, clock in, check right. out with the girl with the big titties. And like, it was, a, it was like a joke about how he wasn't, it was his opening joke. And I saw him do it the first night and it murdered. And then I saw him do it the next night and I went, Oh my God. Yeah. He just did the same joke. Like, fuck. Yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember sitting in the back and then do you remember like, do you remember when you were like, do you, this is a weird moment of memory, but do you remember at the time when you were watching comics and they maybe weren't the best and you were like, wait, I've been to radio shack. I've, how did I not see any of this shit? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I remember a comedian. Um, this was at good nights years ago who came in and his whole opening joke was that bailout joke where he would go on stage and people are clapping and he walks up there and he just, uh, he, he's got a cup of, uh, like it looks like co- coffee, but it's hot water. And he pulls some tea out yeah. and he just starts doing this and it's really quiet and he doesn't say anything and he blows on it and he takes his hat off and he puts it on a little hanger or something, takes his jacket off and people are like, what's taking so long? He goes, 
what you, you you go straight to work when you get to work or something like that yeah and at the time i go oh that's genius but over time i've realized oh that's that, that dude was kind of a hack because that's all i mean his whole 10 minute five minutes was that that dumb bailout joke at the beginning every time <laughs> yeah it's so crazy that was like a that was like a game changer when you were like i remember i remember learning i remember the day and the meal that I learned that when people ask questions to the audience, they would have some intuition or inclina in inclination to know what they were going to say. Before that, I would ask questions to the audience <laughs> and just they would be like literally like playing tennis with a blindfold on, like going like, Ooh. and where do you think you'll be the day you die? And then thinking like, yeah, and they'll be like, huh? As right. opposed to, I remember someone said, you know, David Tell, I, I said, David Tell is so genius at like, asking people and like coming back up come comebacks like when yeah. they he'd say something to someone and everything he says is genius and someone very cats told me we're eating chinese food yeah he was, he's asking them questions he knows what their answers will be and i went right. what <laughs> and he was like yeah he's got a joke about a one-legged pirate so he says to them do you have you ever met a pirate oh i knew a one-legged like yeah yeah i was like Oh, fuck. oh yeah. That's yeah. It, but he, he did it so good that you couldn't tell. Uh, yeah, so no, good. I know exactly so what good. you're talking about. Yeah. It's crazy. All the tricks of this business where you were, when you get into it, you're just blind. Cause like, I, I feel like me and you, I feel like we're in the same group of guys who are like funny off stage, funny on stage, fun to be around funny, not class clown per se, like, but like funny in high school, funny, like, Funny yeah. in a bar, always funny. And then you go to do stand-up going, all right, I'm funny. I just got to figure out how to start it. And then you see guys going, like, doing tricks. And you're like, oh, motherfucker. Yeah, I can do that. Like, if this guy who I know is not funny offstage and he's he's using the tricks, I know I can at least do the tricks. And I got a little talent. Yeah, no, exactly. I remember all of that. It, it was amazing. The, the first time it happened, I was just like, I was happy and pissed at the same time. Because, one, he got me. Two, oh shit, those are the rules? Oh, I can do that. That's going to be real simple. I remember being gotten at an older age, too. I remember being gotten the second time. <laughs> I remember watching Stanhope for the first time, and he was on, he was drunk on stage. Yeah. And I watched it, and he got off stage, and he wasn't technically as drunk as I thought. Ooh. And, 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 I, and I, was like, I was like, wait, I thought he was fucking hammered. And he was still drinking and talking like the same pace. And it was like, he wasn't as wasted as I thought. And then I saw him the next night and it was the identical same act. And I remember going like, hold on. That's hilarious. I, I was, there's nothing better, especially like, I, I wonder if this is like across the board, you know? Well, there's, have you, have you ever heard of Klaus Myers? No. Germany's number one comedian. Uh, that's how he built himself. He would go on stage and for, uh, 15 minutes, his whole act was in a German accent and he would go on stage and go, I'd like to apologize for, uh, trying to take over the country three times. And, uh, he had all these jokes about Germans and world war two and all this stuff. It's very funny. And then about minute 16, <laughs> he goes, but since I have been in america i have learned to talk with a accent from ohio i'm just kidding i'm from ohio and people were like what the fuck and he just 
he goes, yeah, I made that whole part up and he had to do another 15 minutes and he couldn't follow. I don't know why he chose to do that because it was very hard for him. <laughs> I don't know why he chose to do that. That is the dumbest thing in the world. The he couldn't follow thing. himself. Couldn't follow that shit. How yeah. the fuck are you going to? Dude, I remember. That's so fucking funny. I remember one time I was working with Jay Moore and he told the audience, he used to do this thing. I don't know why he did it. Now in retrospect, I go, it's kind of a dick move, but, but he would have Segura do five minutes, 10 minutes. Then he would do an hour. And then I would do the last 30 minutes of the show. Right. So I would get the, I would just get the check spot. And, and at times he would try to fuck me up on purpose. But I think back then you're like, you're like, he's testing me. You're young. I remember a period, there was a period of time where he wanted me to change my name to just uh, Bert, no Kreischer. Okay. And it, you, and what all I didn't realize it, but it, with people with one name, if unless you're known as someone with one name, you just don't get an applause. Like, he, like they go, put your hands together for Bert. And it would be silent. And they're like, and? Oh, And then I'd yeah. be on stage. Yeah. I remember one time he said, he brought me on stage. He goes, this next guy coming to the stage is one of my favorite comics and what's amazing about him is he just got his vision back yesterday. He's been blind <laughs> his whole life and he just got his vision. And I, I'm so interested to hear him talk about what it's like to see the world for the first time. Put your hands together for Burt Kreischer. And I went on and I started doing an act. I did my act, but I did it. I was doing my act, but I was doing it as someone who had never seen before. Uh, okay. So like, okay. <laughs> so like, uh, like I was like, I got pulled over the other day, which is crazy. I've never driven. And I didn't know that that's what it was like. I mean, I've been in cars my whole life. So every joke I had, I, I then could preface with the fact that I'd never seen. So I, I like, Oh, wow. Okay. It, it was actually. And so all of a sudden I'm like, God damn it, man. I wish I had this. I wish I hadn't seen. <laughs> I was like, right. I was awesome. I got two kids, which is amazing because like, I didn't know one of my kids was blonde and it's so funny because I've heard blonde jokes my whole life and now my kid's blonde. And it was just like, imagine if you just had a new jumping off point for every fucking joke. Right. And oh then my and, God, that's awesome. it and, does two things. Um, well, one, it's like, it's an exercise for you. You're like, okay, let's see if I can make this work. Yeah. And you did. And two, it, it makes people like you even more. Uh, your likability is through the roof and everything you do is with the, with the rose colored glasses of this is a guy experiencing everything for the first time. So That's like awesome. I had a joke about touching cops faces. It's so much funnier <laughs> when you've been blind for fucking 30 years and a cop pulls you over and you're like, you know what cops hate when you touch their faces. I go, he was right there in my window. Like he's like talking to me like this. And I just put my finger to his lips and went, shh. And everyone's like, holy shit. Like, but it's, it's so funny because, and then you go, fuck man, I've seen people who can't follow things. That's the craziest when you have something in your act that you can't follow. Oh, right. And, and you're just like, yeah, I, that happened to me early on in my career. Um, I used to dance a lot. I, I, I used to call myself the Hickory dance machine and I would go on stage and I would make fun of dancing by dancing. I'd make fun of people who took dancing too serious and I would, but I had rhythm and it looked good doing it. I could do it on the beat. I did it to music, people's songs that people liked and, and it just got to be like a thing at that club. Good nights. People knew, yeah. oh, you know, open mic night. Here comes a Hickory dance machine. But the first time I had to feature was in front of an all black crowd. 
like the, uh, the, the, the comedian didn't show up, you know, or it was late and I had to go up and do, you know, 30 minutes and I'd never done 30 minutes at one time. I said, uh, well, I'll try I've done 30 minutes before. Just not all together. Yeah, no, no. I've never done it once. I've done seven here. I've done 15 here. I did 10 here, but I've never put them together. And by, the way, that's, by the way, that's a very real. Do you remember when, when like a manager at a club would go, how much time do you have? And you're like, I have an hour. I don't know if I can string it all together, but I got an hour. <laughs> right. Yeah. Give me some time to figure this out. Uh, I can put it <laughs> People together. are into non sequiturs. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I did was I used that dancing as my non sequiturs. I told the 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 uh, the manager at the club, I go, dude, when I say hit it, Paul, just hit it. And so I went up dancing. And by the way, let me tell you, there is nothing funnier to an all black crowd than a white guy dancing. <laughs> and I went up there and I was dancing my ass off. And they were like, woo, we love him. And then it would end, and I would get into my stupid jokes about being from the south <laughs> or something, and they'd be like. Um, no, no, we don't need you to dance again, you know? And so I just go, okay, um, hit it, Paul. And then the music would come on and I would dance again. So I couldn't even follow the, the dancing, you know, it sucks when you have something that's, you, you don't know that that should be a closer yet. You know, when you're I, figuring I, it out. One of my earliest mistakes was I brought my guitar on stage <laughs> and I, man, I, I made a decision. I bombed so hard. You can't see it. There's my I see guitar. It. I see a guitar case. Guitar's yeah. Right there. Yeah. And right here, you'll see like right here is a sticker. It's an, it's a taxi sticker from a New York taxi. And the reason that's on there is I brought my guitar on stage and I was like, I'm going to do some stand up, and then I'll play a song at the end. I'll close on a song. So I bring my guitar on stage at the Boston comedy club and I put it right to the, to the right of the fireplace. And the whole set, like if I'm standing right here and my guitar is here, yeah. the whole set, all anyone did was just look at that guitar <laughs> the whole time. Right. Yeah. I'm on stage doing stand up and they're like, when are you going to, when are you going to yeah. do that thing? Cause yeah. I see that thing. I know that's there. And I know that is good. Like whatever that is, will be good. This right. is not that good right now. And I played the song and I killed the song murdered. And I thought to myself, I will never, I will never, and I have never brought a guitar ever on stage with me again. And that was my thing in college. In college, I used to play songs. I used to do funny songs. I do Jane Says as the guy from the B-52s. Uh, Jane Says! She's Stay on the Like, yeah, I would, I would do impressions and songs. I had a whole song to, like, uh, 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 John Cougar Mellencamp's Pink Houses, like, I mean, I just, it's all, it's, it's my whole bit in college was I would play the guitar and write funny songs. It was like, oh, wow. and it's, and, and all through college, that's what everyone knew me as, Bert, pull out the guitar and I could just improv funny songs off the top of my head. Wow. And man, that one time I said to myself, by the way, I've said to myself that a number of times. Like I remember, one, I remember I used to do, I used to do, Aaliyah had a song called, uh, boy. I've been watching you like a hawk bum, in the bum, sky. Bum. And this is your plane. plane. I, yeah. Baby girl. <laughs> yeah, I remember I'm the that. man from the big B.A. Around my way. Uh-huh. And let's do what I got to say. Dirty I know style. that song. Better tell somebody. Because I really love somebody. 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 Girl. Boom. I used to do. I used to sing the whole song. I knew all the words by heart. I would sing and recreate Aaliyah's dance on stage. I would just okay. do 
and it was it would only come out if i was bombing and it would <laughs> it would it would i would go what do you guys want me to sing and i and it was the song was popular and i go girl boy i've been watching you like a hawk and then i'd start slowly and then i'd get into like the knee slides on the stage oh, right. i mean i was so into it and it would murder and then i thought the one thing I can tell is the second I saw, I started doing that guys in the back that I respected were rolling their eyes. <laughs> like Patrice Norton, everyone just. Right. Right. And I was like, I was like, and then, and then what I would do is I would just open with that. And I was like, Oh, this is a cheat code hardcore. I need to be able to tell stories. Like yeah. I want to, I want to be able to tell a story. It wasn't until I did like a storytelling show with DC Benny and, and, uh, in in Soho, that I realized, like I kind of started to find my voice of like, yeah, of like, of like, of like, who? This sounds so fucking cheesy and campy, but like, I always think that where you're from kind of defines your sense of humor. You know, yeah. it's like you go, to, like you look at Sebastian Maniscalco, he reeks of Chicago <laughs> personality. You know, right, right. like yeah, of yeah, the yeah. like everyone in Chicago that kind of busts your balls, and he's like. Dude, I don't take fucking naps, okay? I'm right. a fucking man. Like that kind of shit. I don't you, wear flip-flops. Yeah, like yeah, like <laughs> he's he's Chicago. And I always yeah. felt like I there was a hint of me that was like part Cuban, old Cuban man, like ball busty, and part sa- south of like yeah. this, you know, like a mix, like Florida. Straight up Florida, like cold beer, flip-flops. No shirt, bathing suit, telling right. a story on a dock. Everyone's laughing, and then you're like, "Fuck it, play the guitar, dance!" Yeah. Like, oh, like spring break energy. I felt like that's who I was. Yeah, yeah, I, and and so it, it took you a minute to get that to get to that on stage. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Like, yeah, you were- I was like, and then and then when I, when I found it, I didn't trust it because I was like, "Well, I know what works is what works is fun party boy energy, like Nick yeah. Swartz and Dane Cook." This like, oh wouldn't right, it funny. Wouldn't it be funny if you walked into a bank and you started putting on gloves and you're like, uh, I would leave right now. You know, like <laughs> like that kind of energy. Yeah. And it, I I don't know if it wasn't me or if it was me. I just didn't think it was like. Do Do I, you still play the guitar? Yeah, but I I man Not I haven't on stage. No. Well, see, let me ask you this because you know, like I said, I would start off dancing. I, I was called the Hickory Dance Machine, and then I remember. Uh, I was doing a NACA event, like a showcase for NACA, you know, all the colleges or whatever. And I was 29, 30, and all these kids were 17, 18. And I was up there dancing my ass off. And it looked weird to them to see this older guy, like dancing like a kid to try and make them laugh. And I remember, I remember thinking like, maybe maybe I'm too old to be doing this act. Maybe I got to figure something else out. And then I started doing the stories, you know, my dad's stories. And then that it switched for me to turn into more of a story oriented guy. I mean, I had to set up punches and certain things and those were okay. But what the people said they liked the most was the stories about dad and this and that. And I just felt weird dancing. I'm 48 now to imagine me trying to do that now from a college kid. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be, funny to somebody but also sad like your friends in the back of the room who were rolling their eyes when you were doing the uh, Aaliyah thing that's kind of how I felt yeah you don't want to be <clears throat> like you know it's so funny Segura always makes fun of me because I take my shirt off and he goes you know one day you're going to be like 57 on stage with your shirt off and I was like I guess I don't know like 
I, 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 I never thought that far ahead of it. And I definitely know that I'm more comfortable with my shirt off. I'm, I'm uncomfortable with a tank top on. Yeah. Like, and right. this is, and this is like, but it, it's so funny is that you just, there we go. Let's just do it, man. There we go. Let's be comfortable. Yeah. But it's like, I'm so much more comfortable with the shirt off. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> But it's it's funny is that you don't want to be I you know I, I think there's a way it's like look there are people that probably would roll their eyes at Ron White drinking still at fucking fifty six or whatever yeah. you know yeah, yeah there sure. are people that are gonna roll their eyes at, at Rogan smoking weed at fifty two you know right, right. that there are adults who look at our behavior the way we live our life is like crazy and then there's and then there's adults that I think that go. Either a, I don't burn, I don't analyze life that fucking much, right? Right, right. Or they just go like, "Fuck it." I wish I could just take my shirt off whenever I wanted. You know, I wish yeah. I could. I know there's a lot of people that every sometimes that'll come to my shows and go backstage, rip their shirt off, and be like, "I have such an issue with taking my shirt off." You have no idea, and and they'll be like massively obese, and they're like, "I just had to take my shirt off, dude." And you're like. Fuck yeah. And I'm so jealous that you have that because I mean, I've just over the course of being a stand up as long as you have, at some point you're going to take your shirt off on stage. Especially yeah. if you at the comedy store, Bobby Lee's done it. I've done it. But many people have taken their shirt off, but, but it's yours now. And I'm so <laughs> jealous because it's so, I know it's comfortable and I, I, I get hot real easy, especially Me if it's too. a winner. I want to look nice and I have a nice shirt on. Maybe it's New Year's Eve and I try to dress up. I'm like, I know I'm going to hate this about 30 minutes in and I wish I could just take my shirt off. Dude, you know? it's so funny. I one time I was at the ice house and one of the waiters comes into the green room. He's like, Bert, someone's on stage doing your act. And I was like, oh, my God. And I'm thinking, like, what what of my bits is it? And I run on stage and it's just some fat Mexican dude with his shirt off. And I went. <laughs> <laughs> I go, it's not my act. It's okay. My, he just he just doesn't have a shirt. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have a shirt on. It's funny. Oh, um, Ari does no, go ahead, say uh, you say. No, it wasn't him doing a Russia story. It was just him with his shirt off. Yeah, exactly. I was like, and by the way, I've had that. I've had people going, I've had people go, hey man, he's telling you a joke, and I and you and you're like, I, I don't know what to do about that. Yeah, I, I guess whatever. I feel like I feel like sometimes I feel like the best repercussion is simply allow them to continue bad behavior and see how far they get. And at some point, everybody else will correct them and you won't have to do anything and you won't look like a bad guy. You won't look like a bully. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, the audience uh, society will set them straight. I, I agree. I've had people do it too. Um, you know, similar jokes and it's not even like, you know, uh, it's a premise. It's not word for word, but the, you know, people on Facebook, they love to go, well, this dude's doing your act, man. He said these three words in a row. I'm yeah. like, well, that's not my act. That's, you know, that's just a premise. It's okay. And um, I, it doesn't bother me. I never, I never go out and go like, hey, dude, what the fuck? You can't be yeah. doing that. I just let uh, it, time will correct itself. If, if I'm known for it, then I'm going to win. And there's, and there, I think there's also like, I know for a fact, I remember one time on, I forgot, I wish I could remember what rate television show it was. I told a joke verbatim that was a Louis C.K. joke, like <laughs> verbatim. And I thought I came up with it on the fly. I mean, I really honestly. Oh, shit. That's God fucking bless, God bless cool fans. Some guy reached out and he goes, hey, man, I've, and this is one of those things of like, let them correct themselves. 
He goes, hey, I've, I've been a fan of yours for a while. I'm a fan of all you guys. I've never seen you steal a joke, but you just told a Louis C.K. joke verbatim. Oh, he's shit. like just giving you a heads up, not calling you out, just giving you a heads up. And I went, oh, yeah. Oh, I <laughs> as soon as he said that, I went, yeah, that wasn't my idea. <laughs> and then I was like, I replied. I was like, thank you very much, man. I go do what you got to do. If you got to call me out, I'll admit it. I don't I didn't mean to. But you just are you're in the moment and you're improving. And then all of a sudden you get a bit and it and, and it and it happens. It I mean, it happens to us so many times where it's not theft, where you go, God off damn it, that came, out, that came out quick. Like, God, uh, did I come up with that? That's fucking amazing. Yes, and, that's one case of it. But also, like, if it's a funny story or a joke and you want to tell your friends off stage and you tell that story, that's a different scenario. So I could see, like, if, you're, if both those things are playing out in the heat of the moment, did yeah. Louis did Louis C.K. ever find out about that? No, I don't think so. I don't think he <laughs> I don't really don't think he'd give a fuck. He put it on a special. It was like how how short minded would it have to be to try to rip off a bit he had put on a special. Oh, so like right. I was just improving in the moment. And I and I was and I, and and like I said, so many times you'll improv a joke on stage and go, God damn it. And it will be yours. You'll come up with it in the moment and you'll and you'll say to yourself, How the fuck did I come up with that? And you're mm -hmm. just like that's comedy. That's how comedy works sometimes. Right. That that it, sometimes it happens and you're like, oh, that's not comedy. That's me going into my brain looking for something to say. And my brain's like, you know what we've heard before? <laughs> right. Say this now. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. It, the premise was, um, it was so good. The guy was, he was talking about, the guy was talking about uh, something about politics, about how everyone hates each other. And he said something to the effect of, do you remember how, how close we are as a, were as a country after 9-11? And I went, mm -hmm. yeah. And my brain's like, I missed that. And then I was like, real quick, I was like, they should release a tiger in the country, like, like 20 tigers. And then just be like, <laughs> and then that way, no one's ever thinking about you cut me off in traffic. Everyone's like, hey, man, have you seen the tigers? Like, there's, <laughs> right. there's a threat. And, and I was like, that's a good bit. I'm going to fucking work on that. And then. Sure enough, man, that's a Louis C.K. bit. <laughs> man, that sucks because it, it, one, uh, you're trying to give yourself the benefit of the doubt because, uh, look, I'm a comedian. I've been doing this a while. My brain, it, it's developed to work this quick. Maybe I'm that good now. But you're right. Maybe it's I'm that part. fucking good. God damn it. Well, I, I've had the same. Look, I was in a hotel room one day. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to iron my pants today. I'm feeling nice. I opened up the ironing board. It made this god-awful god noise. Yeah! like all ironing boards make when you open it and i go why 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 does that happen i gotta write a bit about this and i start writing this bit i'm thinking oh this is gonna be my new thing i'm gonna be the ironing board guy yeah and i go i go nope someone's had to have talked about this and i just yeah. typed in ironing board joke comedian and hit search and sure enough brian regan did it like 30 years ago uh -huh. And it's one of the funniest bits I've ever seen in my life. He he did it way better than what I was going to do with it. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, like God Almighty. Um, but that shit happens, man. But thank God with the internet now, you can sort of like at least go, all right, let's just see if it's already popular, unbeknownst to me, um, you know, or vice versa. But I've had comedians ask me, well, what do you do about that? I mean, how can you tell? all the jokes that have been told before, you know, how do you know if someone's already done it? I go, look, just go up there. If it's your idea, go for it. And, you know, at some point you'll get corrected. If it's, if it's actually word for word, somebody else's joke, 
it, it you won't be doing that joke much longer. You know, I mean? did. I, I'll run it by like I say. I say I'll run it by. I've I've run it by a tell before. I think uh, usually like a tell's good sounding board. He doesn't, but like then sometimes I'll be like I'm like listen. I'll get called out if it's like if it's a. I also I got to a place where I stopped writing jokes that I thought other people could tell. Like I just wanted to write jokes that I that only I could tell, which is problematic. And I've had people tell me that that's stupid. But like I, I wanted to make my act so intrinsically mine, meaning mm-hmm. like everything was so from my point of view, meaning it yeah. was a story of how I did it, that even if I have somewhat of a hacky bit that's been treaded on before, it's still in the vein of of this is this is a story that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I feel like that kind of got me out of like, I had this joke about, um, buying my wife seven pairs of pajamas for Christmas, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I just was like, I don't, I don't have to worry about anyone telling that story because it's, 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 it's right. Story. It's too you know, specific to you, and I mean, no one. It's not like an event that happened in the world, and every comedian runs to their computer writes a joke about it. This is some yeah. shit that happened to you. Yeah. yeah, and and now I now I go like now I'm just going like. Uh, like I like I'll, I'll I'll today I wrote a stupid joke. Someone asked me, my daughter asked me what time it was. I've been watching The Last Dance a lot. Oh yeah, I just finished it. I did too. My daughter asked me what time it is, and I said game time, and just walked out of the room. <laughs> I was like, sorry, girls, I'm watching The Last Dance. But then I write yeah. that down, and I go, we'll find a place for that. Like we'll find right. a, a quick short one. We'll find a place for it. But but I, yeah. I for the most part, I try to stay away from like anything's too set up punchy. Cause you get stuck in this fucking place where like anyone could write it. I had a period of time where I, I wrote a joke. Um, uh, I wish I was a magician. So that way when a cop pulled it, pulled me over and he's like, do you have any marijuana in this car? I could go, you'll find no marijuana in this car. Like, and mm-hmm. it's just like, as a matter of fact, marijuana is behind your ear. You know? <laughs> and so, and so, and then immediately someone told an almost identical premise mm-hmm. and you're like, of course, magicians are super funny. Like it's a, it's a, well-treaded over premise as magicians yeah. um, because it's a ridiculous occupation. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I... Amazing. It's can amazing. I tell you something, It's Bert? amazing, John, that we have an occupation such as magician where we know it's not real. We know yeah. it's not real, but we're like... <laughs> yeah, we're so happy. Like, okay, I got two, two for you. You talked about going to the Rite Aid the other day. Um, I don't know if yours if they do this in LA, maybe it's a southern thing, but there's a Walgreens real close to my house. And yeah. every time you walk into this Walgreens, maybe it's a policy. They have to say, Welcome to Walgreens. And over time, that's that got on my nerves because I'm like, Well, what if I what if I don't want everyone knowing I'm in Walgreens? What if I'm here to get something embarrassing? <laughs> you know, maybe I don't look great right now. I don't want you causing attention. Welcome to Walgreens. There he is. Get him. You know, I don't want that to happen. So I got, I got tired of that. And on my podcast, we did this thing. We, we, uh, we got, we did like a flash mob and I invited everybody that was following me on my Facebook, come to Walgreens at three o'clock on Saturday. We're going to form a line and we're going to see if this lady welcomes every one of us right in a row and there was like 30 people and she did like 27 i mean it was good it was like welcome to walgreens a southern accent welcome to walgreens 
Welcome to Walgreens. Welcome to Walgreens. Over the 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 door got stuck. The sliding yeah. door got stuck, and so that's that that got on my nerves. We made it a thing on our podcast. Um, but the uh, God, I, was, I forgot my point about the magician. Oh, okay. So this lady who worked at the pharmacy, I was uh, getting some uh, some med- medicine or whatever, and she goes. Uh, another guy goes, Hey, she, they're snickering, right? Cause they know it's me. They're like, Oh, it's John Reeves here. And one of them goes, uh, Hey, she wants to know if you can uh, get her tickets to Jeff Dunham. And I'm like, Oh, is he playing around here? And he goes, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So I didn't get the joke. Um, but I'm thinking, wait a minute. Is that like a slam on me? Are you saying like, I don't want tickets for you. I want to see tickets to Jeff Dunham. So it always stuck in my craw. So now every time I see this lady at the pharmacy, I go, you know, it's really him talking, right? Not the puppet. Like it, I, I, I want her to know that I think if <laughs> no offense to Jeff Dunham, but if that's your, if that's your favorite, you know, that's, uh, do you believe in the Easter bunny? I mean, you gotta, I don't know. I can't get into the ventriloquism. I know when I watch magic, that it ain't real. I know he's he's tricking us. All I'm doing right now is writing a joke. I'm trying to write a think of a tweet to write about <laughs> Segura going like, whoo, just got off the phone with Segura. Pro wrestlers, if you're upset, wait till the magicians hear what he has to say about them. <laughs> it is right. so funny that like that I I'm I can't stop giggling about the idea that someone has has the audacity to say, Do you want to see a magic trick? And you're like, and you, and you go, it's not magic. Right. But it is, but it is, but it is. But yeah. But they're saying it the word is, trick. Like, now, if they said, would you like to see magic? Oh yeah. I wonder if they, I wonder if when you're a magician, if you have to say, would you like to see some magic? Right. Because ma- if you say magic, trick, it's a magic. It's kind of like a broad stroke for us now. Cause we know it's not really magic, but we know that it's sleight of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there are guys that get stuck on sleight of hand. They go, I'm a really great, I'm a, Cause there are guys that are the best up close sight of hand guys. Right. Right. Well, I think that's cool skill. Yeah, I think it's neat. But if you, if you, if you're the kind of person who goes, well, yeah, like he, he, it's black magic. Like he, that's voodoo shit. Like he really made that happen. I'm like, Oh God, I, I, I don't, uh, it's those people that I don't, that I don't like. <laughs> I saw twins today on, uh, the movie. <laughs> On, no, on uh, on Instagram, and they are one of them's doing uh, a plant based diet, one of them's doing a meat based diet, and they did it for like a month or maybe like longer. And now they've they're t- posting pictures of the results, and all I thought were the fucking Scalar brothers have to feel like such assholes right now. They could have <laughs> been doing this their whole fucking career. Oh yeah, like one of us is just gonna eat McDonald's and the other one isn't. Take a look what Randy looks like. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was uh, that experiment happened with twins in NASA. They sent a twin to the uh, space station and the other twin stayed at home. And then when he came back, they wanted to contrast and compare. Um, I mean, how are, how are we not um, almost like catching all the twins and then experimenting <laughs> on them. Like, they're the perfect. What are we fucking doing these COVID body tests? We need to be testing on everything on twins. You're exactly right. 
Yes, twins need to take one for the team and go get this COVID thing figured out. Exactly. Or or better yet, they need to all join the army and double up. Like, I mean, we could be using so many double agents, twins. Twins are freaks of nature. They should be volunteering their services as Americans. I agree 100%. Would you like to have a twin? How do you think your life would be don't, different if you had a twin? Don't even, I'm writing this down right now. That is the greatest question anyone's ever asked me <laughs> in my entire life. What if there was another dude who looked exactly like you and thought exactly like you? I can't imagine what it's like to be a twin. I've got a younger brother who's a year and a half younger than me, and we're not even alike. I mean, we're we're not alike very much at all. I mean, it's we're worlds apart. He's a CrossFit guy, and he's a, you know he's a structural engineer. But I couldn't imagine if there was another one of me. I would I would I would pay. I would pay half of my salary that I make every year. Uh-huh. If you could genetically give me a twin, I'm talking twin, twin, like fuck my wife and she can't tell you twin. Right. Like I'm talking, I would probably give more than half my salary to have a twin. I would, would love. Be so dangerous if you had a twin, the, the shenanigans that you would pull. Oh my God. I'm, because of just the way your brain works and you like to prank and have a good time and that kind of shit. Like I couldn't imagine I mean, you would you would make that money back if you spent half your fortune in a twin. You would make that money back in less than a year with the shit oh, that you would do. Oh, oh my God, we would work so efficiently. Right, <laughs> I, I I, one guy six months on, six months off, dude. I would be murdering it, murdering it. I mean, you know, it's so funny. I guess you automatically go to those movies like um, like Duplicity or the one they right. just did with. Um, with uh with paul rudd called living with myself have you seen that uh no i know about it and i want to see it but it's fucking really good it's really good but like dude i mean and then you think like god i made a joke about the scholar brothers now i'm being serious how much would i murder if i had if i had did you hear that is that earthquake no, it's a fucking horn in our backyard. It's the Scholar Brothers. <laughs> They're listening, dude. I wonder if I would be funnier with a twin or less funny with a twin. Like, I wonder how hard it is to work with another person as opposed right. to, I've got, like, because I don't like, I barely listen to begin with, let alone if I'd have to listen to me, like another right. me. I think if the Scholar, what if the Scholar Brothers had never done comedy together? What if they were, one guy just went up there. They had the exact same act and they just, and it got really big just as Scalar, you know, yeah. and, and, and then they could just take turns doing the same, like the, like the, uh, Oh God, the watermelon guy, like fucking Gallagher. Gallagher, Gallagher had it. Gallagher had Gallagher too. For everyone yeah. that doesn't know, tell them what happened. So Gallagher, the guy who smashed watermelons, very famous comedian, had many specials. Um, decided to quit doing the road for whatever reason. And his little brother who looks exactly like him, but a little younger said, cool, well, I'll buy your act from you. And he goes, okay, here, let's, let's make a deal. And so the little brother went out as Gallagher. He said Gallagher too, but he went out there as Gallagher. People would come to the show and not know that it's not the original Gallagher because they look exactly alike. The act was exactly the same. And then over time, the, the original Gallagher got mad and wanted his act back. And the younger brother decided not to sell it. And the younger brother won in court. They went to court over that shit. Gallagher 2. I want to see what he looks like. Gallagher 2 looked like 
Gallagher from like I mean, the 80s. he looked exactly like Gallagher. Yes. But had they got along and decided to just go ahead and share the profits of this, like if the Scalar brothers did it, had, had they started out as just one comedian, they could have the best career, the best life. You know, like, look, I'll work a year. You work a year. That's, I mean, that would be, I, I would, I would have so, I, first of all, I'd have so much fun. You know how great it would be to just had, had someone in your life to just go, Hey, do you remember when we did this, this, or this? And you'd be like, no, I forgot about that. He's like, Oh dude, we got to talk about that on stage. Just have like the, another set of eyes on everything you've done Yeah, to be like, you got to talk about this. But then you think like, I wonder if the Scalar brothers, I wonder if there's twins running the business like the Scalar brothers or the Bryan brothers. The Bryan brothers were tennis players who just did doubles. Right. Okay. Like, I wonder if there's anyone in business who like, no, we're twins. We want, we're going to get the same pay. We'll split it, but we're going to do twice the job as you. Because <laughs> right. like the Scalar brothers get this. I think I'm, I'm, I can't remember if this is a joke or not. Oh no, this, this is a joke. We were on a chat thread and someone said, and someone, it was a long story. Someone, someone at the improv sent out a mass email about avails and forgot that we were all CC'd on it. And so everyone started replying and someone said, and the Scalar brothers replied and someone wrote, Hey, uh, Randy and Jason, when you guys do it, get a spot at the improv, do you have to split the money? And they wrote back, yeah, we get half just like Brad Williams. And then you're like, <laughs> then you're like, how great would it be to have a brother that you could just run a joke by and then you guys can punch it up. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, it's like, I wonder if there's other parts of business where they're like twins. Hey, you know, you know, that movie twins, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, yeah. Danny DeVito. I've been hearing for years. They're going to make another one. And it's going to be Eddie Murphy. I heard like, that too. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I think no, I but love- I think I don't know if it'll be great. But I'll tell you what. Well, it's great. Watch it. The fact that we are attached to our childhood that much that yeah. we both go, oh yeah, I fucking love that. Like <laughs> anything tethered, like you know, they're making a Goonies remake. We'd be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know about that one. I tried to watch Goonies again recently, and it's weird. It's so different as an adult. As a kid, I thought that was one of the best movies ever, and it is good. There are great performances in it, but it's just a weird story it's it's, it's, it's a weird story about a bunch kids. of kids losing their whole fucking neighborhood yeah and then going underground and uh, oh yeah by up. the way there's a lot of holes in that plot now like now you look at it and you're like well plumbing's not technically done like that you can't just <laughs> shake the plumbing and then <laughs> all the plumbing in the whole city like if that's the case then that city does need to be torn down and turned into a parking lot if you can shake <laughs> one fucking thing and all of a sudden the the water fountain drops and the toilet right. shoots you through the roof yeah, yeah man you need a new fucking city your city sucks <laughs> and by the way there's a fucking huge fucking cave on the corner like <laughs> right yeah hey i want to show you something real quick bert yeah um because we talk you know how we uh, we have a similar you're the machine but i also went to russia we talked oh, that's about right it. yeah 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 Remember, this month is Pride Month, and it's critical that we take a moment to recognize and remember the intersectionality between pride and the racial injustices that we continue to endure every day. This month, through their MeUndies Gives initiative, MeUndies continues to take action to achieve their mission to create a more thoughtful and accepting world by making $50,000 worth of donations to both the Get It 
It Gets Better Project and Black Lives Matters. They, like me undies, are committing to standing up against hate and intolerance and creating a world where hope outshines fear for all people. With MeUndies Gives, simply by shopping at MeUndies, you help support this cause. I absolutely love MeUndies. I sincerely do. They are the softest underwear. And I'm not an underwear guy. I never wear underwear. I do wear underwear when I work out. And I got to be honest with you, sometimes I just lose the shorts and I just work out with MeUndies. MeUndies has this brilliant thing called a MeUndies membership, an undies membership, where every month the softest undies ever appear at your door. The convenience of this factor is clutch. You never have to leave the house and you never leave the house to get underwear. It's awesome. Oh, and you also get site-wide savings, early access, and free shipping. It is a pure joy. MeUndies are made from microbial, micromobile, micromobile, microbial, microbial. It's an irresistibly soft, sustainable fabric that encases your nether regions in cloud-like comfort. It's magically made from trees. Another reason to give them a hug. MeUndies offer various range of sizes from extra small to 4XL. And they have great offers for my listeners. Any first-time purchaser, you get 15% off plus free shipping. You got to give this softness a try. It is so soft, especially because they have 100% satisfaction guaranteed. To get 15% off your order plus free shipping plus 100% satisfaction guaranteed, go to MeUndies.com slash BERT. That's MeUndies.com slash BERT. These are some of the things I got from Russia. I got these stackable dolls right here. Oh, I have those. Yeah. You have the nesting dolls, right? Yep. This is from Russia. Okay. I got this chess set from Russia. This is from 1990 when I was there. And, and I just found this because I just moved back home. I went to my old shit. I found letters, man. Letters that I wrote these girls. Oh, I remember that 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 envelope was like, oh, I got friends in big places. Look at that. Oh, look at their handwriting. Their yeah. handwriting is fucking beautiful. Right. That's now, one of the that's one of the things they say about Russian people is that they have the most beautiful handwriting in the world. They this girl Natalie does, and she wrote me like five or six times, and I've not read these in over well, what was nineteen ninety? I mean, it's two thousand twenty now. Shit. I Dear Jonathan, she called me Jonathan. Yeah, and I, this is from 1991, November 1st. I'm going to read these on my podcast, and I'm going to answer them. I've still got the address. I don't know what's going to happen, alive? but is I'm going to reply to this girl. Is she alive? I don't know. I have Let's no idea. Let's find out. Let's find What's her name? Okay, her name is Natalie. I'm going to spell the last name because I'm not sure how it's pronounced. M-I, could be a K or H. E E V A. So it'd be McKeeva. McKeeva. Natalie McKeeva. This is in Moscow. She's in Moscow. Uh, Kirchinskaya Street, something Moscow. Yeah, I got the address okay. right here. I'll 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 write, I'll type it up and put it online. We'll find her. Here, hold it up to the camera one more time and say something so that the camera's on you. Let's see it. All right, right here, Natalie. If you're out there. This is John Reap. I met you in Russia in 1990. It's been a minute. Hope you're alive. Been a minute. <laughs> that's a great name. By the way, that's a great name for a podcast. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> that's fucking great. They should do a podcast with all old pen pals 
called It's Been a Minute. And you take people who had pen pals that can still find them and then get them to tethered back and forth and catch up. Where are you going? With who? Wow. Just you and Maria? Okay. All right. I love you. Well, I wonder what the odds are of this person responding to me. I'm going to read these on my on my podcast, and then uh, we'll see if uh, if we can find this girl. Dude, that's fucking great. Listen, if anyone's listening, please let's. I want to. I want to listen to that podcast too. Natalie Makiva. Makiva or Makia? Yeah, probably Makiva. No, uh, yeah, Makiva. Yeah. And so, anyone that's living in Russia or knows how to find a person in Russia, let's see if we can find her and get her to Skype in with with zoom in with john that would be fucking great this is insane i hope she's out there wow what if she's like what's she's got to be what 40 yeah i'm 48 she's got to be around that around my age i mean we all you know when we were there it was this program called people to people it was a and we all just hung out with people our own age it was like a world peace thing founded by dwight d eisenhower in the 40s but so cool um, that's that's what it was and so let me see if I can. Have you Googled her? No, no. I literally right before we went on about 10 minutes before because the Internet was not working at the studio. On, I used. Georgia, Georgia, you have a mask. OK, socially distant mask. Don't fuck around. OK, be safe. Be safe. I love you. Sorry, <laughs> Natalie. Yeah, Natalie. Ma. M-I-K-E-E-V-A. In Moscow. Uh, I'm just. Oh, I hope she's fucking alive. Oh what my if she's god! Like, what if she's like high up in the government and she like? How do I? How do I click share screen? Where? 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 On the bottom. Let's see. Here. Oh, share oh, screen. I see it. Okay. Go ahead, Bert. Uh, here we go. Are you gonna? Oh. Okay, you, way, you hold on, this might be a really fucking bad idea. <laughs> hold on one second. Austin, can you make sure that it's not on here when I open Go ahead it? Get rid of that Pornhub tab. Um. Okay. Here we go. I'll uh, say no. uh, I can't. I can't share screen. I, it'll fuck up the recording. But by the way, John, she is fucking. If she is, she's fucking smoking. There's a lot of hot Natalie McKeevas. Oh, Natalie McKeeva. Yeah. I'm gonna do Natalie McKeeva. Moscow. Can you search by age? Uh, I don't know how to do that. Let's see. That would be interesting. By the way, she probably her. I bet her family still lives in the same. Wait, let me house. let me open one of these letters and see if there's any clues in here. Let's see here. I'm right next to my the Kremlin, where my basketball oh, every day. Re- listen, to this. I watch very many American films. I like American films. For example, Santa Barbara, The Love Boat, RoboCop, Double Impact. Who is your favorite film star? <laughs> Look. Hold on, John. John, you just have to, if you get her on the podcast, you have to answer these questions to her. Be like, so I just wanted to get back to you and go, I really like Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie. I love Yakov Smirnoff. Be, so wait, so wait. When's this? When's this podcast going to go? We uh, we were supposed to record one today, but power went out because we had thunderstorms. We're going to record it tomorrow, and it'll come out Friday. It'll come out Friday. Well, yeah. Fuck. Okay. So this will already. 
I don't or know. I can what, wait. I can I can hold off if you want me to. Uh, well, yeah, wait, wait, and so that I can see if we can get people to listen to my podcast that know anything about finding a person. Okay, find her because that would be cool. Or just do yours, and then people will hear that they'll hear your podcast. But you got, I would love it if you could find her and do a podcast with her. Yeah. So if you, those of you anyway, listening, I, the only thing I'd love more than that is her friend right now going, Natalie. I am big fan of Machine and John <laughs> Reef. Hey, you need to see this video. Check this out. And she's like, who are these two shirtless guys talking about me? <laughs> I don't know either. I, I, went, I remember a young John <laughs> boy. Right. Oh, dude. So, yeah. So, people listening to your podcast, my podcast is Country-ish. Country-ish podcast. Um, you can go to countryishpodcast.com. Find it. We're going to – I'll hold off for you, Bert. And then you let me know when you want me to talk about this and we will. No, 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 no. Po- post it so that people can go straight from here and you do your po- post your podcast this Friday and then people will go straight from here and then go hear that podcast. Okay. That'll Look at crazy. this. She used two different, three different color ink. This is blue ink. So she switched to red and down down here, she switched to green at the bottom. She has such great handwriting. Yeah, I bet she's hot. I have no idea. I have no memory of this girl. I don't know what Bro, she looks like. I, mean, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but chicks that have <laughs> lived in Russia 46 years, 47 years. Yeah. I can't imagine. No. I, I think now. it's like you ever watch you ever watch my big fat gypsy wedding? <laughs> yeah. Man, those gypsies, <laughs> those gypsies turn like milk. Like yeah. they get after fucking they're good they're good they're good and then all of a sudden they're like it's a nosedive dark uh, like lines <laughs> under their eyes broken missing teeth there's only one fucking hot gypsy mom out there her name is god what's her name i just googled her last night she's a fucking i mean a dime i was gonna get her on my podcast my daughters are obsessed with her oh really she's, yeah she's one of the real gypsy sisters um, from that show yeah her name is Nettie Stanley. Okay. Nettie Stanley is a gypsy, uh, a gypsy 12 and like a gorger 10. Gorger is oh what they call us, us just people that don't repair driveways and do whatever. Oh, interesting. Gorger. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, my daughters are so into my big fat gypsy wedding, like that they already want the woman who does all the dresses to do their prom dresses. I mean, they're like, obsessed obsessed with this show and last night they're like dad can you get nettie stanley on and i was like what they're like see if you can get nettie stanley on the podcast they're like dad she's a fucking wild woman trust me she'll talk shit she'll slam people she didn't give a fuck dad you got to get her on the podcast i wonder if i've seen that episode because there's i haven't watched a lot of them but i do remember one did she crash the wedding like she wasn't invited or didn't make it she first of all she got like nine fucking kids and her mom was in prison and she, her mom was in prison and she had to raise all her mom's kids. Yeah. And so she's I maybe got 18 kids that she takes care of and they have weddings every other fucking month. I mean, <laughs> there's a wedding They're All they do is get married. That's it. And, and, and it's so fucking th- this woman, I've seen her personally at like nine weddings. She's just, and so, and she goes to weddings this last one. Nuki, uh, Nuki, her daughter Nuki was marrying Tuki, I think. Oh and God. she was like, her and her daughters were in the car driving there to fight because Nuki has had Tuki's sister be the <laughs> bridesmaid. And my sisters are like, Dad, all she does is fight at fucking weddings. Ugh. But she's fucking hot. Google 
uh, Google Nettie Stanley. She is legit hot. Right, I'm writing that down. Nettie, N-E-T-T-I-E, Stanley. I can't find her Instagram. These gypsies are horrible with social media. I think they're so I horrible. love, that's what I, one of the things I love about doing podcasts is like, you want, you get to watch something really cool and interesting. Then you talk about it. Then you kind of like, let's see if I can get him on the show. Dude, it's my, dude, I'm telling you, I would, I would love, I would love to do a straight up gypsy zoom with like <laughs> all my favorite gypsies and have them on. And they're all, they're all Romney shell gypsies. Those are my favorite easily. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, we know, we know so much about this goddamn gypsy culture because my daughters are obsessed with it. Obsessed. Yeah. What are you watching other than that? Um, I haven't seen that yet, but uh, I've, I've been watching the last dance. I've last been dance. That. that was so great. much fun to watch. I'm, I, I have a question for you. Um, I, yeah, it's great. I mean, cause we're at the age we remember when that shit happened. I remember all that, uh, but there's a lot I didn't know. Um, well, I didn't know a lot about the general manager. I didn't know that that guy was, um, I, I felt bad for him cause they picked on him a lot and uh, they tortured that guy. Hey, let me tell you something. Anyone, anyone who is, I, I guarantee you there's a lot of short men out there that are like, yeah, that's what it was like going to a fucking public school. They tortured that fucking guy. Oh, man. He and had all the money in the world. He had all the power in the world. He got all the fucking say in what their lives were going to be like. And they made his life a living fucking hell. <laughs> and he, did, he didn't do any good, man. He fucking, he, I guess, you know, they, Scotty Pippen at the very end said, you know, Thank God, because he was one of the greatest general managers yeah. that's ever lived. But man, they treated him with no respect. I was surprised to hear Scotty say that at the very end. I think that was episode nine or ten. At the very end, he finally said something nice about him. But in the first three, four episodes, they're just dogging this guy. Um, and you end up hating him because you feel like he yeah. destroyed a dynasty. You're like, you know, like they were they they could have done seven, and and then you go except for this fucking Jerry Krause motherfucker. You know, his family, dude, you look at that documentary. It's, it's so fucking shitty because I loved it and it was so much fun to watch. And I go, yeah, of course, Michael Jordan was the greatest, but you look at it and you're like, man, Isaiah Thomas comes out like a fucking piece of shit in it. Yeah. Gary Krause comes out like a piece of shit in it. No one ever told, uh, told Phil Jackson, he should put a little product in his hair. (laughs) And you're like, think about that. Oh dude, the whole time, every time you look at his hair, you're like, you have a full head of hair, but it looks stupid. Like, yeah, Jordan didn't look that great either. I mean, what's going on with his eyeballs, man? That's all anyone's saying is that he's got the he's got liver problems. You think that's what it is, he, man? I would I I look up to that guy so much just on the fact that the day before the like game two, they're like, Michael, what did you do today? He goes, woke up, had a couple beers, smoked a cigar, played the piano, oh. came over here. Yeah, I remember that. There are guys like that. I'm not this guy. As much as people may think I'm this guy, I I cannot and will never be able to have a couple beers in the afternoon and then go play a fucking playoff game. It, never in my life. I'm too much of a control freak where I want to make sure that I am healthy. I can mm-hmm. pass my ass. I For whatever reason, I need to be crisp and clear yeah. to play a sport. That's, that is a, um, a serious athlete can only – Drink a beer, smoke a cigar, have the flu, maybe poison, win games all at once. When I, uh, even the nights I know I'm going to go work out, 
there's I'm trying to do be as straight laced as I can. I can't mix the two worlds. I can't. I can't. I can't, I can't have a beer and run on the treadmill. No, I can't do any of that shit. Well, say, well, I take that back. Let me. Afterwards, that. I can. I can. No, I can. What I can do is I can work out and then open a box of wine or open a bottle of wine and and walk on the treadmill and drink yeah. a glass of wine wine and watch tv i can do that but i can't do a legit workout drinking like i really right. can't just it, do, it doesn't work that way in my brain although if it's like a daytime drinking and you're outdoors playing volleyball or something like that you know a pickup game when you were younger but like there the, the idea of having a couple of beers and then going to the gym that will never happen at, at this I'm, age you know what they were saying though and this is i was trying to fucking live this in my head like i was like i want to be more like jordan in this they were like, he never looked at failure as an option. He just looked at success. So if you figure I'm just going to win tonight, why wouldn't you live the life you want to live and have a couple beers and smoke a cigar, play the piano? If you knew that you were going to win everything, wouldn't you just live every day like a fucking, yeah. like it's a party? Yeah. Uh, well, he's that. That's a testament to how grave an athlete he is that he could even he could do that without even thinking that like, well, if I have a couple of beers and a cigar, I might get winded too soon. <laughs> like, yeah. And then, and then you think, why would you have a couple of beers? Like, why would you? And 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 I couldn't, I couldn't tell if he was fucking around or not, but like, I think the piano would, thing, he was fucking around because no, my he, had dad, a, he had a piano in his room. I think he's just lied about that. I yeah. think, I think that was him joking because my dad all the time when I was growing up, I'd say, what are you doing? He goes, Oh, just practicing piano. That's something he said his whole life. Yeah. And I think Jordan just said that. And the guy goes, oh, you went to the lobby bar? And Jordan was like, no, I got one in my room because I'm Michael Jordan. I can have one in my room. I think that was just more of a... And by the way, he did have one in his room. Oh, did he? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. At, oh, no, no. At the very end of the season, at the very end of the show, they show him sitting at the piano and interviewing an interview. Okay. He had right. had a, but he couldn't. He definitely couldn't play piano. He tried to do it at that one point. But it's so okay. interesting because I, I really honestly... I remember one time I was... Um, I was, I was not, maybe I was not drinking at all. And I had a couple of near beers at a bar yeah. with some friends and we had wings and I had a couple of near beers and I went to the gym and I couldn't work out at the gym knowing I had near beers. I felt tired <laughs> and sluggish. Yeah. It's a, it must be a mental thing. Cause I, I, I think the same way if I'm going to crack a beer and someone goes, Oh shoot. Uh, you want to go to the gym real quick? I'm like, Nope. No, crack the beer, dude. That that part's over for today. That's the way I look at drinking. The second I open a beer, I go, the day's over, guys. We're wrapped. Yeah. I'm that way with phone calls. If I'm at home and it's like, you know, I know that I've, I've, I've put some calls out there and I'm expecting some phone calls back and it hasn't happened yet, but it's too late. I'm already in the recliner. I've already got a drink in my hand and they call. I'm like, talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Unless yeah. it's an emergency. You yeah. know? I mean, yeah. I don't have the time. <laughs> no, I don't have the time either. I, I like to shut it down. Dude, there's nothing worse than like, you get through, especially with this fucking Zoom shit. Like, yeah. I go, you you book me out for the day. Like, book me out for the day. But don't add shit last minute. And don't, like, you can pull shit out. Uh, there's no better feeling than going, uh, oh, hey, just so you know, that meeting's moved. You're like, okay, I'm oh. done for the day. <laughs> yeah. I want a cigar so bad. And I'm not smoking cigars because of the COVID. And I really? just, I, yeah, well, I, no, know. no, but like, are you worried that you will possibly get it because of people have touched it or something or no, 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 no. I, so I, when I was, I was on the road, I was on 
the full disclosure, I'm on the road. We're doing, we're, we're doing like upstate New York and Pennsylvania. And then, and then we're taking the bus to Manhattan and I'm doing shows in Manhattan the next week. Right. But we're, we have a full week off. So we take the bus down to Manhattan. We stay in Manhattan. We're partying really fucking hard. And one morning I wake up on the bus and I'm like, I say, I was like, God, I need some sort of break. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I really don't know how I'm going to do this until the end of the year. And I'm thinking to myself, I may die. Like, I, I could totally die. Like, some partying really fucking hard at the time. And I don't see an end in sight. Like, I know that the tour goes until New Year's. And then when that tour ends, another one starts. And I'm like, I, and, I, and I'm just, by the way, there's no, there's no idea that this country is going to shut down like this. I'm right. just laying in bed going, get me like, um, can you get me like, I need like a month or something. I need like a month break to clean up and like lose a little weight, get healthy. Like, I feel like I'm waking up almost sick every morning, like either, either like a little, little stuffed up in the head or a little bit of a chest cold or like, or just hung over. And I'm like, I need, I'm not working out for shit. I'm not running. I'm not like, I'd yeah. plan on doing a thousand miles, like running a thousand miles in the year and I'm just so far off that pace and I'm laying in bed on my right side because my left side's frozen because if I laid on my left side all of a sudden I get pain running through my neck and arm and I'm like and so like I'm like I'm beat to fuck and I'm like god I need some sort of a break I'm, I'm gonna I'm not getting it this week I'm in New York all week I'm gonna be partying all week I'm not right. getting it this weekend next weekend because we're now we're, we're in New York for like eight days and then we do shows in New York and DC and then I go home only to come back to New Orleans and, and the tour just wasn't stopping. Mm. And I was like, I just need some sort of a fucking break. And then I listened to Rogan's podcast he did with Michael Osterhaus, where okay. the guy said, basically, uh, Corona's way worse than anyone's going to say. It's, it's so contagious. Fuck washing your hands. It's airborne. We're all going to get it. And Rogan says, he goes, so who's most at risk? And the guy goes, well, anyone with a pre-existing condition or with unha an, an unhealthy lifestyle? And he goes, what if you, what if Rogan says, and by the way, I'm paraphrasing, and this isn't entirely accurate, but I'm sure you can pull the audio and you'll hear exactly, you can match it to this and you'll go, hey, he said it's close, close enough, enough Bert. <laughs> he said, so let me, like, if say if you drink too much and you smoke and you're overweight and you like don't sleep enough and you don't get any exercise. Those people are really at health risk. And I'm waiting for him to go, no, no, no. We don't have to worry about those guys. And he goes, no, those are the most susceptible. And here I am going, I just had a conversation with God going, I need a break. Like I'm fucking burnt and I'm just not, there's no rebound for me. Like I'm not yeah. going to get a break, man. Be careful. I mean, I didn't even wish for it. I just said, I need a break. And the next fucking week, everything shut down. And I went, right. Fuck. So then I said, I said to myself, I was like, all right, you just, and, and by the way, this is all just pairing up. I go, we're driving back from New Orleans to LA in the bus. And I'm like, all right, you actually said this last week that you needed a break. You're going to get, at the time, we thought it was going to be like a three-week break, right? Yeah. I go, you're going to get a three-week break. You better fucking respect this break. Yeah. No cigars, no marijuana, no booze, work out every day, lots of sleep lots of water let's clean ourselves out this is the break you wanted right and so you know it goes one week and then they shut everything down and i'm not drinking i'm not boozing and now it's been fucking 
what it's, I can tell you exactly how many days it is. I fucking set a timer. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. I set a fucking timer. I set a timer. I'll tell you exactly. Uh, two months, four days, five hours, nine minutes, and 37 seconds ago. With no cigars. No, well, uh, no cigars, definitely. I've done no cigars maybe a little longer. No, well, I've smoked weed once with Joe, and yeah. I've drank, I think, six times in okay. 65 days. But, wow. but well, I've, and I've run, and I've run like 275 miles in 65 is, days. I got to weigh in because in a weird way, we're, I mean, we're almost the same dude. This is crazy. All right. So I've had the same sort of thought, like, you know, I was boozing up like crazy when I was in Los Angeles, living by myself in studio city. I had no one in the same house with me telling me like, Hey dude, we'll, take it easy here yeah and i was just killing it and then I, when i came back home i go well this is it this is this is me now i'm going to clean up i'm going to get myself checked out i got surgery done on my shoulder um started getting a little bit more healthy and then all of a sudden the pandemic happened and i'm like no more gym but my brother who is a crossfit fanatic made a gym in his garage and he goes well come over to my garage and we'll do something and that's been that way for like two months now. And I'm, I, this pandemic has caused me to be the healthiest I've ever been since I was 23 years old. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing shit I never thought I would do. I'm, I'm, I'm doing burpees. I'm doing EMOMs. I'm, I'm doing the, this stuff that I've never heard of. And I'm the healthiest I've ever been. Um, but yeah, it's all because I am forced to do something. Now, I know once the government opens back up and I go back on the road, I'm probably going back to shit. Yeah, man. It's not, but it's not even that. I, here's the deal. Is I, I said to Leanne, when this started, it wasn't that I was going to teetotal. I just said, I need to learn some sort of self-restraint. Like, I don't, I don't have any self-restraint. And it's basically, no, no one has ever, no one's ever, it's never benefited anyone that's in my life to tell me to slow down. Like for anything, right. I'm fun. I don't yep. fucking, I don't lose my temper. I'm, I'm very loving. I'm very generous. I'm, I like, I'm a, I'm a really good guy. And when I drink, I'm not a bad person. Right. So You're like, a happy drunk. Yeah. And I, I love to eat. I love fucking eating. And I love, I love like sneaking Oreos. And I mean, it's just, everything's fun. I, everything I've always wanted everything to be fun in life. And, and that's why I live my life. And so no one's ever like, Hey, slow down the fun. But Leanne, Leanne, God damn it. Leanne's always been like, you need to learn some sort of moderation. So yeah. when we went into this, I said to her, um, I'm going stone sober. And she said, don't do that. She's like, I think you will end up killing yourself. You'll, you'll end up becoming a little unbearable. She goes, mm -hmm. you've always wanted moderation, fine moderation. And I went, I went, okay. And for first 35 days, there was no such thing as moderation. It was just mm -hmm. teetotal. Just quit. Yeah. And then she was like, she was like, L allow yourself. She was like, you're making, you're making it tough on me. Cause like I'll open a <laughs> bottle of wine and you'll, yeah. and you'll just be like, no, I'm good. And you'll just go yeah. to bed. She's like, hang out with me. Like be yeah. the guy you are, but right. learn how to be that guy. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, totally. And so, so I, I've allowed myself legit moderation where like drank Sunday night and, uh, and, and got fucking wasted, but we laughed hysterically <laughs> and woke up Monday like going, okay, time to get yeah. back on the wagon, time to get back working out, lose some weight, focus, get some podcasts done. You're working this week. So like I said, there, I would there, love uh, you're, you're, I think you're exactly right. There's something to be said for like, if you got a problem and you're, you're thinking about quitting, don't make it such a big deal in your brain that I need to quit forever. 
Yeah. Just go like, just give yourself the, the permission to fuck that up. Even just go like, all right, I'll go for a week. We'll see what happens. You know, I'll go for a day or two. If I have a glass of wine, it's not the end of the day. I'll, I'll start over the next day. But I think you're right. It's when people go like, you need to quit everything now. That's such a huge thing that it scares yeah. the shit out of you. And it causes you not to even want to do it. Dude, but if I you said, say, just quit right now. Just don't drink the rest of the night and then maybe do it tomorrow. Yeah. I think so. I think there are probably people that have a hard time like that. That's impossible. I guess. I don't know. But like, I'll tell you what I will say is, you know, we bought this, we bought this, uh, new house. We're not doing anything with it. We're just kind of, we were going to rebuild it. We're kind of just pumping the brakes. That's where we're building the podcast studio though. And so yeah. we'll have a nice podcast studio on a great piece of land, but what? Uh, Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, so we go over there one day and I, I run like, I'd run like eight miles that day. I felt really good. Had nothing but water. I'm feeling great. The sun setting. And I'm like, God damn it. I wish I had a, I want a beer. I want a beer. And by the way, I hadn't, I hadn't drank in probably two weeks from that point. And so, and then, and there is a thing to start building up days where you're like, I'll just keep it going. I'll keep it going. And she goes and Leanne's like, oh, you know, when your tour bus came back from tour, I emptied all the beers that were on the tour bus, which are all fucking awesome, awesome beers. Like we had, we, that was part of the rider is that they had to give us like a case of, of like micro brews from wherever that was. She goes, I, I put all those uh, beers in the refrigerator here at the new house. So they're inside the house. I go, whoa, are you serious? She goes, yeah, they've been in there for like, for like 65 days, 60 days, or where I'm sure at the time it was like 40 days. So I was like, shut up. So I went <laughs> and I got, I got a, uh, a, um, I was, was it a Pilsner or Kel uh-huh. and green bottle ice cold, take mm. it outside. And it, the whole outside starts to do up on that. Like it oh. just gets wet and it starts running down the side. And I, <laughs> And I take a big first beer sip, you know, where you're just like, I'm going to put a little bit of murder behind this sip. And I get my, and I murder that first beer. It just goes down so smooth. And I get my first beer buzz and it was great. And I thought to myself, thank God I'm not in the program because this would be filled with a bunch of guilt and horrible feelings. This just feels like fucking awesomeness right now. Right. Right. And I was like, and then I was like, I'm getting another fucking beer. Walked in. Grab another beer. Now I got a two beer buzz. My kids are like, my kids, my kids see the dad's got two beers in them, and they're like, "Hey, dad, we should get refrigerators for our bedrooms, right?" And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, uh, that's a great idea." Yeah, man, I I remember just uh, in my in my worst uh, in L.A., I could kill a vodka easily a fifth. If I wanted to kill a fifth in one night, I could do that by myself. Oh, yeah. oh fuck, so yeah. easy. And now when I come back home, I, I live with my mother. You know, this, yeah. here you're going to love this sentence. I am a 48 year old divorced man who lives with his mother. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But now that I'm here and I'm working out, I'm working my ass off, like at the podcast, going to my brother's house, working out two hours at a time, doing these weird, weird exercises. There's muscles that are coming back. I've never even new existed when i do come home and it's time to reward myself with a beer if i drink one i'm like this is great and then before i know it i'm watching you know the last dance on the espn and i'm sleepy 
Yeah. Like I go to bed. Like it used to be, I was up till 2 a.m. Like this ain't working. This ain't working. I gotta, I gotta, you know, try and right? talk myself out. But I'm, I'm fucking tired. Like I go to sleep easy. There's no better feeling than it being 1030 and you're like, I gotta go to bed, guys. Like I've been doing that. I did that last night at 930. I was like, I was like, guys, I'm falling asleep. And my daughters are like, Dad, one more gypsy wedding, one more gypsy wedding. And I go, I can't, I can't. And I'm like, last, I gotta, I gotta pass last out. Night, but last night I was sitting in a recliner next to my mom. We were watching The Last Dance, which I make her watch, but you know, because it's what it's a show that I want to see. She doesn't care yeah, about it. Yeah. But I got a hooked on it. And so we're watching it. And I just started dozing off and started snoring. And I just said, I- I'm going to bed. I went to bed before my 72-year-old mother. <laughs> <laughs> like, what world is this that I'm living in? I'm not a, you know, it's weird. My whole life is different, but, I, but I'm loving it. And, and I haven't really missed comedy too much. I mean, a little well, bit. I mean, you know what I it is? I'm, you know why? Because no one's doing it. That's exactly what I was about to say. The minute I see other people out there killing it, I'm like, ah, no. You know Dusty Slay. We all know Dusty Slay, yeah. right? I'll follow him. We're good friends. And I saw him post something about doing the uh, like uh, 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 club in Addison, Texas, uh, uh, improv, I guess it was. Yeah. I go, I said, I text him, are you on the road, dude? Are you actually doing stand-up? He goes, yeah, I, I played for a room 25 people last night. Felt great. Yeah. You can get back out there. And then, and then it hit me like, mm, all right, maybe I'm ready, uh, but only because Dusty was doing it. Yeah, that's it's a that I I got a text with uh, a couple people and they were like, "Hey man, uh, getting offers, dot dot dot, roads opening up, dot dot dot." And I was like, and then I started getting panicky. I was like, okay, hold on one second, like let's fucking talk about this, like, yeah. And then and then I called my agents and I was like. I've always, I don't, I think this will be out if we have announced it or if we haven't announced it, I don't know. But I've, I, when this first kicked in, I caught like 65 days ago, the first on the ride back from New Orleans, I texted, not actually the ride back from New Orleans. It was probably a little after that. I texted my agents and managers and I said, I want to do a uh, drive-in movie theaters. Like oh, I want to yeah. get me booked at a drive-in movie theater. I think it will be a fun I think it'd be fun for my fans wow. to be able to tailgate and then be in your cars, have all your, con- like you bring a truck post up in the back of your truck. Like everyone, like really, really fucking live it up. Yep. And, and it'll be a cool experience. It'll be something obviously I'll never do again because of necessity. And so, um, so I think we're, bo- I, I'm not certain. I'm actually but- talking to, uh, you know, uh, Brian Heffron that owns the comedy zones. Yeah. He lives not far from me here, and uh, he just hit me up asking me if I wanted to be a part of that here in Hickory. They're going to do it the uh, the minor league baseball. Minor league stadium. baseball, yeah. We drive in. It's yeah. going to be cool, man. It's going to be cool. I think it's going to be cool, and so um, we'll see. You know, yeah. We'll I, I've never been a fan of outdoors and comedy, but this is a different thing. And so it starts at like eight o'clock. Yeah. Openers go up. Openers go up at eight ten, eight fifteen, and then the sun starts setting at eight thirty, and you walk on stage. It's fucking, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. You know what it is? It's like, hey, don't you have, aren't the funnest stories about stand-up when you talk about weird gigs you did where you're like, God damn it, man, I had to stand (laughs) on a fucking back of a fire truck. Like, and they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be one of the, I mean, and it's, you know, we need it right now. So it's more of like, uh, not just for me, but for everybody to get back out there and just do something outdoors again with everybody. 
but I just know. I mean, I, the times I've done stand up comedy outdoors, I've always hated it, and I've just. Oh, I've, I've always on. loved it. I've always loved it because I go, I can't hear them laughing anyway. I'm killing. <laughs> you know the Gator Growl? Have you heard of that? Of course, yeah. Have you done that? No. Oh, and I'm, okay. Well, that's like outdoors, you know, and uh, it's so huge. There's like 25,000, 30,000 people and they're not seated close to you. They're in the arena around you because the field is manicured. They can't have anybody on the field. So you're not even, you can't even see the people you're playing to. And when you do a joke, the laughter is not right away. It takes like five seconds to delay. And it, yeah, it, I don't know if brutal. I do Gator Growl. That might be a tough one. It was brutal, but it, it, you know, that first joke, you know, I, I'm in my head, I tell the joke and I'm waiting, I'm counting in my head because I called Jim Gaffigan. He told me, he goes, well, just the timing is going to throw you off. Just know the timing is going to be an issue. So I did that. I tell my first joke and in my brain, I'm going one Mississippi, two Mississippi. And then I hear like, <sighs> it comes back. I'm like, Oh, thank God. And oh, thank you, God. Oh dear but God. Then you just know how to pace it, you know, but, but it's just a chore, but I know this is going to be, it's, it's just something that you got to do right now. So. Well, dude, this has be been fun. awesome. I could talk to you forever. We should do this again. Hey, I recorded this whole thing. Um, I was wanting to see if you could do my podcast, but I feel like if I pull a chunk from this, we're going to be fine. If that's okay yeah, with you. Perfectly fine with mine. All right. Yeah. Let yeah. me ask you one question. Sure. Yeah. All right. Cause I listen to you guys and the big, I know Ari, Ari drugged you. <laughs> are you and Ari, are you cool again? Yeah. He just texted me oddly enough. Like all, while we were, while we were on here, he called me. And then texted me. Yeah, we're cool. I, the thing that sucks is that my daughters and my wife hate him. You know, oh, like yeah. so, like that's what sucks is that like, you know, it's it's funny. It, it happened like right there, and and when it happened, I was well aware of all of the all of the things that were going to happen because of it. Like I was acutely aware that I wasn't going to be able to keep this a secret. Um, that my wife was going to find out about this. And that my wife was going to be livid. I knew that immediately. I did not expect my daughters to hate him, but I knew that he would never be allowed back in my house. I actually <laughs> also thought it might fuck up his career that like people would dislike him and 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 maybe look poorly upon him. And as his friend, it really bothered me because I didn't want any of that to happen to him. And and I and you know I I was I wasn't really mad at him at the time when he drugged me. I was more like I was more scared really because I didn't I, just because I'm on blood pressure medicine. And yeah. I didn't know if he fuck my blood pressure medicine. And so I was just scared. I think I, and I wasn't angry until like a week later, I was like, all these things started sitting in my head about like, why would he do that to me? Cause he said he'd do it to Rogan. Like he was like, I'd definitely do it to Rogan. And Joe was like, no, you wouldn't. Cause I would kill you. I would beat you <laughs> to death and you would not do that to me. And you definitely wouldn't do it in my house. And Segura was like, yeah, I would never speak to you again. And I went, yeah. okay, well then what's wrong with me? Right. I'm forgiving him. And so I got mad at him that he would do it to me. Like I, I, like a week later I got angry and that makes sense. And then, and then, and then, and then we, and then I, I stopped getting mad at him. And I was like, I was like, I, I, he started showing re, re, like actual remorse, like in text. Yeah. And, and he called me every single day. He called okay. me at like roughly the same time every single day. And every single day I let it go to voicemail. And so like right towards the end of sober October, he texted me and said, are we not, are we not going to be friends anymore? And if we are that, and they said it was a very, very emotional 
text and about how he fucked up and he he deserves this, but it really is going to upset him because how he feels about me and and whatnot. And and we talked on the phone and he was extremely apologetic, not the Ari that he was on Rogan. He was like a very, it's the Ari that I know. Well, it's the Ari that we, we know, you know, there's two Ari's. There's the Ari that's, um, trying to start trouble online all the time, um, and, and does that. And then there's the sweet Ari, uh, that, that also exists, uh, in the real world. And yeah. uh, And that's the one that I know. And that's the one my wife, had gotten to know, but my wife couldn't really compartmentalize the other Ari. She couldn't share. She can't, she can't split. It's like the bad analogy, but like guys can split legs because they have pants on. My wife's got a skirt on. If she splits legs, she feels vulnerable. It doesn't fuck it. It's not the same way. So for Mm -hmm. whatever reason, she couldn't accept both sets of Ari's because he would come over here. I mean, I think he was backpacking through Asia or whatever. And he came to LA and he had his backpack and he came here and like he did his laundry and he hung out and we fed him. And my wife had cooked dinner for him that night. She figured he'd just have dinner with us. And then I was going to get on a plane and she is, she hates him. She'll never not hate him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my daughters hate him, which really sucks because my daughters really liked him. Like they yeah. really, they really genuinely got a kick out of, this weird uncle that would show up with a backpack and 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 ask them questions in in a weird like like almost like it was like he was an alien. He'd be like, "Wait, <laughs> wait, you have to wear a uniform every single day." And my daughter would be like, "Yeah," and he'd be like, "Does everyone wear the same thing?" She's like, "No," and he's like, "Well, then it's not really a uniform, is it?" And and so like the fact like he saw Isla put on deodorant one time, or Isla saw him put on deodorant. That's a bad. That's a bad flip of him. <laughs> he did not see Isla put on deodorant. Okay, Isla saw him put on deodorant. And then she said, I put on deodorant the same way. And I said, you guys put it on like lunatics. And I showed them how to put on deodorant. And they made fun of me together. And it was a great fucking moment that they shared making fun of me together. Right. And it was like fun. And then one day I was, after all this happened, I was texting. Ari texted me and I texted back. Georgia saw Ari Shafir on my phone and grabbed my phone and said, don't fucking do that. And I went, excuse me? She goes, don't text him, dad. And I went, baby, I go, it's complicated. She goes, no, it's not. He tried to kill you. And I went, (laughs) he didn't try to kill you. She goes, dad, if if there was a boy who slipped me drugs in our backyard in front of you and I was trying to text him, would you let me? And I went, no. She goes, then don't text him. Yeah. And I was like, oh God. And I was like, typical Ari to make life difficult for everyone around him. (laughs) Right. Well, me and my girlfriend were listening to that and I was laughing my ass off. Um, cause I know you guys Yeah. and I know you party together hard and have a great time. And it's something that if I were you, I would probably be mad for a while and get over it. But if it happened to me, I would also be mad quickly and it might take me long because I wasn't, as an audience member, I'm laughing my ass off because I yeah, know these yeah. characters and it's hilarious. And my girlfriend's like, you think that's funny? I'm like, yes, it's hilarious. He fucking drugged him. He had to fly that day. He was on ecstasy. It's, it was hilarious. It's, and it's funny because he's joking yeah, with each other. I, ta- I called Whitney after it happened and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this because I don't like, I have feelings about it, but I don't want to, I don't like, it's almost like wrestling. You don't want to pull back the kayfabe. You don't want to like, you, you, you want to make sure that like everyone still sees us as comics and not 
real people sometimes because mm-hmm. because yeah. I know for a fact how I'd hear it and I'd be like, shut the fuck up. I can't wait to hear that podcast. And then you're like, oh, no, these are real human beings. Right. You also just live out, out outside the box and out loud. But yeah, it was a, I'm, I'm yeah. cool with them. I mean, like yeah. I'll never take a drink from him ever again in my <laughs> life, but, right. but I know he's not a bad person. Even when the whole Kobe shit went down, right? like I was like, I, 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 it's so funny. I was defending him so much at one point that I just started blaming Hitler. <laughs> I was like, guys, blame Hitler. It's not Ari. Right. Hitler did this. Hitler did this to his dad. His dad was in the concentration camp. Um, it's Hitler's fault. It's not Ari's fault. Oh, that's good. That's a good strategy. I mean, I'm the same way. As soon as that Kobe stuff went down, look, we think differently. I think when something crazy happens in the news, my brain starts writing jokes. Yeah. Now I know that it w- would not be appropriate for me in my career to put these out there, but they happen in my brain. I start. I started thinking of Kobe jokes immediately, yeah. and I was like, because I didn't. I don't care about the Lakers. I, that wasn't my thing. But I, I sent one to, to Ari. I go, here, you can use this. I've done that in the past. I'm like, here, take this. I know this is your thing. I can't do it. I, I, um, I, it's funny. I, I saw the Kobe thing, and I kind of was like, I was on the treadmill when it happened. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I was getting ready to go to the store, and my daughter's friend's like, who's Kobe Bryant? And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, really? She's wow. like, he's dead. And I went, wait, hold on. What did you just say? Oh, and that's so, how you but, found out? That's how I found out is my daughter's uh, my daughter's friend was reading a text or reading the news on her phone after oh. an overnight. And so I was like, I was blown away and I was in LA. So like at the time, I think it was raining that day or it was shitty weather. Well, yeah, obviously that's how, yeah, obviously it was shitty weather. And so uh, mm-hmm. I walked, I walked into Gelson's and I was watching people realize it on their phone. Like they were going like, Oh fuck. And I was like, wow really crazy but like everyone felt like a community like everyone was in la was pulling together at that moment like yeah checking out at gelson's she was like my god did you hear and i was like yeah i know and i know those people because i go to that gelson's a lot and they're like they're like crazy and i was like god damn it and they're like and like it was crazy and then i came back i got on the treadmill and i saw ari's tweet before he didn't text it to me i just saw it oh wow. i screen grabbed it i think i sent it to like probably Segur or someone and he was like <laughs> And he was like, holy shit. And I was Here like, go. tell me about it. And yeah. then I think we texted Ari, like, what the fuck? Or, or <laughs> even like, or even we're like, Jesus Christ, Ari. And he was like, yeah, I get some heat from this one. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> I get some. Well, that's what he does. And that's what, and then, you know, that's, that's what Ari does. So it's why I, I it's like papered rooms. It's like you have a papered room and that's when you get in trouble because people who don't get your sense of humor are coming in to see you do stand up. Right. You want people to pay for the ticket because then once they do, the ownership's on them. They want to, they'll enjoy it more. And, right. and Twitter's a little bit of a papered room where you put out a joke and <clears throat> look, I put out a joke about Kim Jong Un. Yeah. On the day that everyone thought he was dead, I put out a joke a, wrote, saying like, uh, how arrogant, because his sister Kim Jong Sung song was going to take over for him i said how arrogant of kim jong il his dad i go how arrogant for him to name all his kids after himself kim and then i wrote kim jong un kim jong song (laughs) obviously jokes based on a a real it's yeah and then i wrote kim jong joke at the very last one so so that everyone knew it was a joke i hashtagged it but it was on the day that kim jong un and i had hashtag kim jong un so it slid into all these people 
who are just politically minded Koreans. Right. Oh. There's nothing about that is funny to them at all, let alone yeah. the fact that I'm making fun of the f- I'm making fun of the fact that most Americans don't know that Koreans put their last name first. <laughs> right, right. I thought, I thought all their first names were Kim at first. Right. But I'm like, oh wait, that's their last name, obviously. Wait, I'll let you go. What was the girl's name? Kim, uh, the, the 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 one that was going to take over from Kim Jong Un. What was her name? Kim Kim Jong Kim Song Un or something. Kim. Okay, all right. I was just thinking that. What if it was Kim Jong Kim? You <laughs> know, like because that's a female's name, but Kim Jong Kim. Um, Dude, all right. Yeah. It, no. It's uh, <laughs> it's I, I I and so I had to delete the tweet because it was just like. Koreans going, this is horribly racist. And I was like, first of all, it's not racist. And by the way, I don't know that it is or it isn't, but like, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to die on this hill. Like I give two fucking Kim Jong fucks. If you fucking think I care about fucking going down on this fucking hill. So I just deleted it and was like, and then, and then people start going, why did you delete it? And I was like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like I was just trying to make a joke to make a couple people laugh, but the wrong people got a hold of it. And now, all of a sudden I'm going to be labeled a, t- a fucking racist for yeah. a joke that isn't even racist. I was like, fuck off. Burr hit me up. He's like, dude, don't fucking delete that shit. You never delete. And I was like, I don't care. I think it's okay to delete just if you're trying to live a peaceful life. But, um, the apology is different. Like when you make a public apology, that's when you like that. I'd rather, would... I'd rather prematurely delete it than make a public apology. Yeah, exactly. That's and by the way, I'm not going to apologize for the joke. Cause it was like, it was a stupid fucking joke. It was like I was trying to make a joke of the fact that most Americans don't understand. Oh, I said yeah. Kim Jong Troll was Kim Jong Troll was the joke. <laughs> Kim Jong joke. Kim Jong Troll were like the two because there's a troll joke. It's like most yeah. Americans don't know that the last name goes. First. The last name goes first. And most Americans are going to go, yeah, how fucked up? He named all his kids Kim. <laughs> George Foreman's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was, I was, that was the joke I should have made better. By the way, I wrote a video joke about goats today that's getting a lot of traction. <laughs> <laughs> Bert Kreischer, thank you so much for no, uh, having me on you. your podcast. Dude, I fucking, I absolutely love you, man. I'm keep, I'm, I can't wait to hear the podcast with uh, Natalie. Yeah, I can't wait to do it. Uh, I'll keep you informed, and I'll I'll tag and whatnot, and all that all that fun stuff. Please do, brother. Stay safe, and enjoy fucking enjoy your CrossFit workouts with your brother. Look at this. I will getting ripped, bro. I'm gonna be like I'm gonna be the machine and hit. Oh, woo! There's your screen grab right there. Gotta, that, there's your screen grab. <laughs> I'll right, see you later, John. Thank you, brother. Take it easy, man. Bye bye. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.